we are live. That's right, everybody. You just heard it from the one and only Fun Speculation, a.k.a. Mav. We are live on another Thursday night p.m. in the p.m. Pog and Mav in the p.m. on your regularly scheduled programming. That's right. Thursday night. It is January the 25th. It is Tekken 8 launch day for all you fighting fans and even some of us really casual like button mashing fighting fans that's right we got a good game today we got actually what's a great game in fact i've got steel in my dms right now as we were going live in all capital letters about what he is just experiencing in tech and so (laughs) you know you know this shit's gonna be good uh and i watched the opening intro do not skip the opening intro on tekken 8 if you fire that sucker up watch it it is worth it my god it is uh glorious and the music you got to check it out for yourself um anyways uh that's right it is thursday it is p.m the p.m we got a lot to talk about Mav and I in the green room just a minute ago, we're talking about this. This is what happens. Thursdays are like prime time. Like ever since yeah. we started PM in the PM, we've got a like a lot of better than 50-50 chance of something happening on Thursday. Uh where we, before we go live. And obviously today, last week, we were celebrating the direct. We were celebrating our hundredth episode. And today, not so good news yes we have tekken 8 launch we've got games coming up you're going to be hearing a lot about that we're going to talk about some of that stuff because 2024 yo it hasn't been 30 days yet 2024 can we just chill out a little bit like can we can we calm down we got a whole lot of great news but we've been getting a whole lot of not so great news and obviously today that's what pretty much the discussion was about so we're going to get into all that um and talk about that stuff but uh want to welcome you all here thank you all for tuning in uh to another episode episode 101 we broke the 100 mark let's go everybody uh but i gotta get to my co-host the ceo you know what before i get to my co-host we gotta talk about the other important i gotta give a shout out and i do this every week but i gotta give an extra special one tonight (laughs) to the to the other better half of Mav, okay? And that is the one and only Miss Caitlin, of course, who I'm talking about. And you guys all know she does all the behind-the-scenes stuff. She does a lot, all the graphic stuff. She does the thumbnails. I got to tell you, she didn't have a whole lot of confidence in herself today. <laughs> I get, I, she, she, was, she was not feeling it today. The idea, because if you guys don't know, Mav and I kind of go back and forth about the title, uh, usually the day of, and then Caitlin takes and runs with it. Sometimes we give her input on what the thumbnail should look like. Sometimes it's all Miss Caitlin just coming up creatively. So today, Mav hit me up. I was extremely busy at work. Didn't have any time. I couldn't even be creative with the title. So I was just like, you know, 2024 or is wild start because it has been wild. Yeah. Just something generic, right? Whatever. And then he asked me for an idea of a thumbnail that he can give to Caitlin. Yeah, because so I'm I so said, generic. I, I didn't know, know where to go right. with that. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, Hurricane, Eye of the Storm 2024, and then put a bunch of the 2024 games, third-party conversation, layoff conversation, just put that all around the hurricane, right? He DMs me back and says, she might kill me for this one. <laughs> I started laughing. I, again, I was so busy at work. Next thing I know, I got Caitlin 
reposting my DMs in the was it the fun yeah, or was it the, it the fun families? It was yeah, yeah it, was, it was the it was the fam's DMs going, oh, really? Like she couldn't do this. So in three minutes, I did like 75% of the design work and sent it to her. And I said, all you got left is 25%, right? That's all you got to do. I did all the hard work. I don't know, Mev, you could probably even bring that up on screen. What it looks like um, my, my, my work. Yeah. Yeah. Mav's going to bring up what I did for Caitlin, right? Again, I did 25% of it in like three minutes. I was busy at work. I didn't have time. I'm like here now, just put the game icons around the hurricane and we're good. Mav loved it. Yeah, Caitlin told me to go back. That, yeah. This was fire. You, are you bringing it up? Are you bringing it up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Pong's yeah, artist right at, here. Look at this. Look at this. Three minutes. Look at that thumbnail. Look at how beautiful that thing would have been. And all I was asking her to do was to put, put all the different game icons just around the hurricane. That's all I asked her to do. But instead, Miss Caitlin told me to go back to work in the DMs, right? So I went back to work and Lo and behold, look at her. Look at the thumbnail, the beautiful thumbnail. She took a totally different, much more magic-looking hurricane. She did her thing. And the thumbnail, chef's kiss, Caitlin. Chef's kiss, my dear. Of course, all that other part I was joking about. That did happen in our DMs, by the way. I did do that. Uh, but it was all in joke because it was all in fun. But Caitlin, beautiful. You did it yet again and I thank you so much for doing it all the time. Uh but you pulled it off and it's exactly what I was thinking about in my head. Um so that was a special thank you. So, let's get to the lesser half of the fun speculation. That's right. My <laughs> co-host uh who is normally in this chair, but he, you know, Thursday nights he gives it to me. The one and only fun speculation, aka Mav. Brother, how's your week been? We 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 are uh, twin fire sorks in Diablo. Yeah. What else have you been doing? Man, what's been going on with you? Man, just, I mean, working and uh, going, just running errands and doing normal life stuff. But been really enjoying the last couple of days, Pong, because we've been burning it up, bro. We have been <laughs> yes. <laughs> last two nights, literally we've in played, game some, We've been playing some Diablo, and like I was like, asked Pong, "What are you?" You know, he's like, "I'm Sork." And he's like, "I'm gonna go fire Sork this time." I'm like, oh, cool. And I started thinking about it. I was like, that really sounds fun. That's what I want to do, I think. So I was like, fuck <laughs> it. We're just going to be twins. And uh, so we got we're rolling around playing co-op the last two days on, on Diablo and running uh, two fire sorcerers. And uh, it's been absolute insanity. Just there's fire everywhere, bro. It's, a, <laughs> it's so much fun, dude. And uh, just seeing stuff burn, burn, burn. Um, it's, uh, it, it's been crazy, but it, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying season three on Diablo. Uh, yeah. I have uh, Tekken eight installed, ready to go. I haven't had a chance to, uh, touch it yet, but planning on doing that after the show. And, uh, other than that, yeah, just been playing a little bit of Fortnite here and there and also a little bit of power world. So overall, uh, enjoying gaming, having fun. Yep. And, Weird. uh, yeah, we got, we got hit with some crazy news today. So and we did. Yeah, <laughs> we did a little bit and yeah. then some more and then some more and yeah. then some more. Yeah. And further, keeps, we got keeps, down this rabbit hole. It keeps coming. <laughs> yeah. Pause. Yeah. That's yeah. What she said. 
Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it anyway. But how, how you yeah, doing, well, we'll get it good. We, we, I, I've been fine, man. Um, again, it was Pal World up until season three dropped for Diablo four. Uh, we will talk a little Pal World tonight. I know a lot of people, are, you know, obviously know what's going on with Pal World, but we got to cover it. It's one of the biggest stories in 2024. Um, it'll probably continue to be one of the biggest, biggest stories in 2024, the way that it's going right now. So, uh, but I love Power World. And again, this is yeah. the guy who said he was not even interested, will not download it, didn't care. But Game Pass and the developers' decisions on where they went with this game made all the difference in the world. I love Pal World. I haven't uninstalled it yet. Even when I had to make room for Tekken 8, I kept Pal World installed because I'm planning on going back to it. Pal World is cool as hell. If Again, I was too old for Pokemon. I missed that generation. Never got into monster catching at all. None of it. Had zero interest. Even the anime. And I was watching anime back then. Zero interest. I watched a little bit of it. But man, oh man, Power World is something else. So yeah, I was playing that up until season three, and then of course Diablo hit. Mav put it on Twitter. Who else is jumping back in? Of course, I raised my hand. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm gonna like no, I'm not playing Diablo four anymore. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. The loot. It's a looter. I'm coming back. I love loot. I love power fantasies. I love leveling up characters. Diablo four is freaking amazing. So, yeah, as Matt said, we jump back in as Fire Sork. Uh, season three has been getting a lot of negative um, energy uh, from the community as well, the Diablo community. Uh, there is a pretty large contingent of people who are unhappy. There are people that are actually claiming they should scrap the entire season, come up with something Whoa. new. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're not happy with any of the changes, not happen, happy with the uh, new sentients, uh, which are uh, these uh, little robot uh, spider critters that walk with you they're your companions through season three uh yeah there's a lot of people that are have a lot of negativity around this thing but I, again like mav said i love season two i'm not on board yet with mav saying that he go you know, season three might be better i gotta play some more season two was freaking phenomenal i went back i was running solo in that in a lot of nights when everybody else dropped off because of how much i loved it um but i will say the story is interesting yeah. in season three I do like the Ascension, actually. Um, mixing and matching powers on the Ascension, I can see how this is going to get really powerful. Me and Mav were talking about it last night. There's some things you can do with it, with the stones that you can enhance it with, um, where you definitely could enhance your own build on top of what you already do. There's a lot here that we haven't even touched yet as far as, as what the season's going to offer, but so far, I'm loving it. Everything feels great. Fire Sork is freaking amazing right now. Mav switched over to Firewall along with me last night. So, yeah, we, as he said, really, basically, we bring hell with us in our pockets. And we just <laughs> unleash it on everything. Everything is just on fire. It's nonstop. There's freaking meteorites fire. falling from the sky. The fire. entire ground is on fire. It's crazy when we walk into a room. I couldn't even... Psycho jumped in with us for a little bit last night. Psycho just started <laughs> last night. So he jumped in with us a little bit, and we were helping him out. And you couldn't even see Psycho because he's a barbarian and he was up attacking everybody. There was so much fire. I couldn't even see Psycho in the middle of all the fire. It was freaking ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, no, we're just having a good time there. Otherwise, that's been pretty much it. I've been waiting, Mav, for the start of these yeah. new game drops, right? Again, I've been playing Vampire Survivors. I restarted Dragon's Dogma, which I'm going to continue, obviously, before we hit Dragon's Dogma 2. But I've been waiting for this next two-week period where the four games that we talked about 
for sure that I'm getting. Uh, in fact, I got Tekken 8, obviously, as I started the show off by saying I'm not, again, I'm a butt masher. I won't play online. I don't compete. Don't care. I play the computer. This is the first, I think I was trying to think about this the other day on, on living split screen. This is the first fighter I've bought day one since like soul caliber four, I think. Um, I don't buy day one fighting games cause I don't care. I don't need to compete. I don't need to be online when everybody's online. I just wait for sales, wait for all the expansions and then buy them super cheap. Like I did with Mortal Kombat 11. Um, like I did with Tekken seven, the demo sold me on Tekken eight and I bought this day one. So it's ready to rock and roll. I already watched the intro. The intro is crazy. I started chapter one in the storyline Phenom. First of all, again, because we didn't get this with a lot of Tekkens. You don't get these complete stories. So it's crazy jumping into a Tekken game and seeing a full, complete like yeah. storyline happening and all these cinematics. And I got to tell you, here's one thing. Matt, this is one of the rare games where the cinematics, when they switch to the gameplay, the gameplay actually looks better. Like, honestly, like colors, yeah. details, it goes up a notch when they switch you into actually fighting. I don't know if this was a creative choice to draw attention because the fighting is obviously what this game is about, but legitimately it looks better when you get ready to actually battle. Like I was amazed uh, in the first, uh, first minute that I played it. I didn't play it much cause I had to get on here, but I just had to check it out. So I will be playing that after the show uh, for sure. That's going to be tonight, uh, probably tomorrow night. If I got a chance, might have to go to bed because ultimate runs until late. But uh, yeah, man, I've just been waiting for this week. Tekken 8, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, Helldivers 2. Uh, that, I've got those four lined up. Yeah, I'm getting them. So I went ahead uh, and pre-ordered Suicide Squad also. Deluxe yeah. Edition. Yep. Gonna be, nice. uh, I got the. I took advantage of the deal you told yep. me about, Pong. Yes. Yeah, you can check it out, guys. If you're looking for uh, Suicide Squad on PC, CD Keys has the Deluxe Edition, which is $100 normally for $78. Save yourself $22. It's worth it. You get the season pass. You get all the shit. If you're, if you're looking for it, that's the one to get. Um, and yes, you heard right. Me and Mav both bought this on PC. I'm going to be hooking my PC up to the TV, so I'm going to try the couch action uh, with the PC here coming up. Um, but uh, we are super excited for Suicide Squad. Mav is getting more on board with this game. Uh, me and Steel obviously have been hyped for a while, so I uh, can't wait to play that. But yeah, go check out CD Keys uh, yeah. if you want a little bit cheaper version. And um, my decision yeah, on that, though, also was like yeah. after seeing the recommended specs and the minimum specs for PC, yeah. like I and I'm, I'm not really concerned about the Xbox and the con and the console versions or anything like that. But it just seeing that, I kind of and knowing where the like consoles are comparatively. To that, it, it makes me realize that there's a lot more uh, that can probably be seen on the PC version, right? So as yeah. far as like fidelity and stuff like that. So um, I, that's the reason I went with it on there. Plus also a little bit better deal. And uh, I'm going to be playing co-op pretty much with you and yep. uh, Steel and mm -hmm. I, any of the fam that gets it too. So. Um, but yeah, it's we crossplay too, by the way, yeah. everybody, Xbox, PS5 and PC, all of them crossplay with each other. Yeah. So, it's awesome. awesome. Just cross by. Come on. Everybody yeah, just get cross on board. By, cross yeah. by. That, like I got to give props <sighs> to Ubisoft for that because like, yeah. uh, with the, um, Ubisoft plus subscription, Ubisoft plus premium, you know, with the streaming for PC and Xbox, like they're the only other ones I think that really do this 
like on a every game basis now because of the uh, subscription. So like if you have Ubisoft Plus Premium, you can play both versions, either PC and console and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, it's something that I think more and more as the digital future grows, which we're going to I'm sure be touching on as well because of some of the news today. Um, like this is something that I feel like is important for gaming and for for where it needs to go. And, and like yep. PlayStation also even alluded to some of this stuff last week. So yeah, they need to should be one ecosystem, man. And uh, should be. I would love to be able to have Suicide Squad both on Xbox and PC and not have right. to buy two copies, right? Yep. So would I. Um, I played the pre or the uh, open beta uh, for Suicide Squad on PC, so I already experienced it on PC, and it ran so smoothly, so flawlessly. Um, and obviously the DLC yeah. CD keys kind of just nailed it for me. I was like, I was leaning towards console, but then I'm like, God, it ran so good on PC. I don't want to have any issues whatsoever. This is such a fast-paced shooting game and traversal game. I got to make sure uh, I got the best performance. So I just went with PC, and yeah. like I said, I'm going to hook up my PC to the TV and see how that goes for the first time ever. But you know what, Mav? Of course, of course. You know what happens on Thursday nights at PM and the PM. That's right. The hype train does roll on. In the Fun Speculation Network, that's right, FSN across the hype train as it's traveling Mach 2.0 to start the show. And Bold Alpha Wolfpack, the one and only, he came in here and he said, man, we ain't going fast enough. This is PM and the PM. It's Fun Speculation Network. We got to show this off. We got to get some more people on board. It's too quiet in here. I'm going to get on the court and I'm going to do an E. $10 dunk for everybody to get the crowd a little hyped, get some more people in the seats to add an extra car to the hype train and get it up to Mach 2.25 out the gate. That's right, bold Alpha Wolfpack with the 10 bomb, keeping us ad-free on the Fun Speculation <laughs> Network the way that you all like it. And don't forget that January go isn't getting any smaller, folks. That's right, it's not. I gave a lot of extra credit. Guys are down to 2,645. That's right. There's not too many times left in the in in the year or in January, I should say. Not in the year. You got plenty of time left in the year. I don't even want to give you your goal. God, if we gave you yearly goals, you man, it'd be crazy. But anyways, bold up a wolf pack. Thank you, brother, for coming through, hooking 10 people up with those tickets to the fun speculation network hype train. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Choo-choo. Let's go. Um <laughs> All right, math. Let's fucking go. Let's get into it. Um, we do this on PM and the PM usually when um when we do have some more or less negative news. We like to get it out of the way. Um, so we got a lot to talk about because I do want to get into how 2024 is starting out. Three bit, the one and only three bit, the man, the myth, the legend, the reason why Fable has been delayed for as long as it has. It would have already been out had three bit not gotten his hands on it, but that's how things go over there. Playground made a terrible decision by hiring our brother from another three bit. So he pops in here with his membership for 31 months. That's right. One of the OGs. He's got that wrinkled, faded up ticket on the hype train. And he says, just wanted to see how long I was a member. LOL. Only three bit. Yeah. Only, only three bit math. He thanks. just did that just to see how long he was a member. Thanks three bit. Thanks for showing up the rest of the chat. <laughs> <laughs> 
three bits bragging y'all that's yeah. how three bit brags by the way um anyways so we generally do jump into the more negative news to get it out of the way we're gonna talk about 2024 and how it's just started off uh we're gonna it's gonna be a palate yeah. cleansing conversation after we get through this so uh, what are we all talking about, right? Uh, some of you may not know. Some of you don't live on Twitter. Some of you get your news straight from YouTube, from podcasts or wherever. So you might not have heard yet today, uh, but it started off uh, this morning um, with uh, Tom Warren. The Verge is who I first saw it. Windows Central came in. Everybody else jumped in too. Um, it was announced today that Microsoft uh, was laying off 1900 hundred employees and specifically it's xbox division um the um initial conversations were that it was uh you know obviously abk which we could kind of expected most most people i won't say everybody because i saw some legitimate like surprise out there yeah but most people we did talk about this during the whole acquisition prior to it finalizing that after it was done there would probably be layoffs that that was going to happen 1900s not a small number and first of all the human side math the, the the human side we'll get into some of the details and some of the other stuff that's come out too but human side first right human side first then we'll talk the other stuff um this isn't this isn't uh, a video game industry only thing. This obviously isn't just even a tech industry only thing. Although we hear a lot about that these days because obviously the growth during the pandemic, the tech industry blew up even more than it already was. So there was tons of hiring across all the different spectrum of the tech industry, including video games. Obviously video games was one of the big recipients of massive growth underneath the pandemic because everybody was stuck at home and a lot of people found out that they really like video games even more so than they casually were playing them prior and so there was tons of growth so now that we're outside of the pandemic um and now that some of that um engagement and people playing and all that kind of stuff has kind of regressed on top of other factors involved here um you know we've seen layoffs across the board I, I think it was just reported somebody had figured out there was 60 i think 6900 layoffs already or 5900 layoffs already in january yeah. in video games in general i mean um, that's like i think there was like even other companies today and then like a couple yes, yesterday yes. or something too yes, like, riot riot yesterday laid like off every uh, day like, yes every crazy. day it's been ugly it's been ugly we heard this was coming too by the way yeah you know again even if you weren't listening to our shows or anything like that News articles are being written uh, by some of the journalists out there saying, hey, expect more layoffs in 2024. In fact, inspect, expect them to carry over into 2025 uh, by the time this is all said and done. So we are seeing some contraction here, some regression back to the norm uh, from pre-pandemic levels. There's other factors, obviously, with Xbox specifically when we're talking about what happened today. Um, because there's redundancy, um, which we talked about at length sometimes. Um, that was going to happen anytime you have a mergers and acquisitions, there's redundancy. When you have an acquisition of the size of ABK, there's going to be more uh, redundancy than ever before. Um, so that's going to be a part of it. Obviously, Activision Blizzard King was also hiring uh, extensively during the pandemic, um, you know, trying to build up their teams. There's going to be some overstaffing um, naturally there that Microsoft as now the owners of ABK are going to look at and be like, yeah, you guys don't need that many people there. 
as cruel as that is, right? There's 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 a variety of different reasons. Some of it's probably going to be some leftover cleaning of the house that uh, Xbox wanted to do that uh, Bobby Kotick didn't get done underneath his regime from all the problems they had. There's going to be a lot that goes in that. But the human element here first, it's awful. It's not industry specific to video games, but it's awful no matter what, whoever goes through this. I will tell you flat out, I've been on both sides of the desk in this scenario, okay? In my in my professional career, my real life career. Never to the degree of, you know, 1,900 people at one time, but relatively speaking to the percentages, I've been at a company and I was one of the people that go that laid off nearly 40% of their staff, okay? Because they had overhired for business contract. That contract did not come through the way they thought it would. They had to let people go. I had been there all of, uh, I think it was like three months, something like that. And I was out looking again. I've been on the other side of letting people go when business slows down um, and had to do that job as well. It's not fun. Either yeah. side is not fun. It's an awful experience. And it's not just the developers themselves here. It's their families that are put at risk. There's plenty of people who rely, obviously, on that income. And you can't really prepare for this moment, especially after what happened for three years with the pandemic, which already set a lot of people behind in a lot of different ways. Very tough to come into 2024 thinking that you might be laid off. We could talk about all the you know common sense stuff that people should do in any industry and all that kind of stuff, but that's it doesn't matter. We're all human beings. We know how this goes. So first of all, for me, my heart, energy, sending it, it doesn't help anybody in that position, but I got to feel as a human being who is very empathetic to other human beings and their situations because I've been there myself. It goes out to all of you. And I, I hope that everybody that was affected today um, finds new opportunities wherever it is, even if it's not in the game industry right now. If that's what you wanted, you got it, and then you lost it. It's even doubly terrible if you can't get back into it again. But I hope you find an opportunity wherever it is to get back on your feet again as quickly as possible, um, especially for the families that are affected, everything like that. I've been there, done it. It's it's awful. There's nothing that we can say that's going to make it better. There's nothing that we can say that is going to just right the ship for anybody that that had it happen today. Um, Matt, what do you got to say on the human side of things? You got anything to add? Yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, I, I, on my side, I've, I've been fortunate it's never happened to me because of the position that I've been in. I've been in the same business doing the same job for my entire adult life, pretty much, right? Uh, in the company that, um, I run and stuff, but the, uh, I have been on the other side of it, like you said. Where you know during the and this happened for us during the pandemic, right? Yep. And correct because business wasn't what it was, we couldn't sustain. You know, so we had to make tough choices, and it has an impact. It has an impact on people. Has an impact. Had an impact on us. Had an impact on business. But like, that's what we had to do to survive, right? Uh, at the time. Now, obviously, Microsoft and these big tech companies aren't in that same kind of position, right? So like they. These are they're looking at things more in a different way than like a small business would, right? But the um, it does suck, you know. Growing up, I remember my my mom, you know, because yep. we're a single parent household, right? My mom and had uh, a three three kids ra raising, right? And uh, you know, she got laid off in one of those kind of deals. Her company got bought 
by another company. You know, they were buying the company pretty much for the tech. They didn't care about the employees and then end up pretty much dissolving entire business. And it was her dream job. She had helped establish that company and everything with uh, working on some of the stuff that she had worked on. So, and I saw how much of an impact it had as a kid, you know, in that same situation. Right. So um, then she ended up getting another job. She didn't like it as much. And then, you know, they ended up being kind of one of her last jobs. Right. But the, there's definitely, it, it sucks, right? It sucks ass. Like any, any time these kind of things happen, right? Um, it's had been happening a lot the last couple of years. Um, just late last year, Sony had a ton of those layoffs as well. Um, I didn't see the media reporting on that quite as much as what's going on today. Uh, obviously, you know, after ABK acquisition, it adds another element of spotlight mm -hmm. on this as well. Um, Microsoft is much larger now with the 20, they had 22,000 employees before this. So, you know, it's uh, the numbers definitely jump off the page, right? So you see that amount of people impacted. It's definitely going to bring attention, right? And it, it does suck. Um, and there's like you said, there's really nothing you can say to that would make things better for them, except wish them luck and hope they find another thing that makes them happy or even happier than they were before um, and able to support them and their families, right? And that's the most we can all hope for. Um, I'm hoping the severance packages were good for whoever got laid off and they continue to be able to sustain while they while they look for something else. And it's, I think certain gaming companies are going to be hiring some, and but there's a lot less hiring going on now than there was obviously a couple of years ago. So, you know, some of these people may not be able to get back into gaming, right? Yep. Um, right. Which, which that's going to suck for them because it's made have been a dream job for a lot of people. Right. Um, but you know, overall, like there's a lot of different elements to this. There's a lot of different things going on. Uh, this was an expectation of, some layoffs after the ABK acquisition. Uh, we talked about it numerous times on, on here um, and that it was going to be a big deal when it happened and how there was going to be a huge freak out and all that kind of stuff when it did happen. Um, but it, there's also some other surprises within this that were more yep. actually surprising than just the layoffs in general um, that like for like us as gamers and Xbox gamers actually have more of an impact maybe on us. Right. And, that is kind of where ultimately like I, I, what I think about most because you know, the, the layoffs, they suck and I, I wish everybody luck, but like as far as gaming and the hobby, what I think about when I, when I look at things, I'm looking about what the future is and where things are going and what's happening and, and all that kind of stuff. And we got, because of this news today, we got maybe some hints about some of that mm. as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been a crazy. It's been a definite uh, crazy day, right? With all of this, I I saw on Twitter early on and in, in the DMs and other things, and I was like, "Oh, today was the day," you know. I mean, that was kind of my initial thought. Was like, "Well, uh, today was the day," but then I started seeing some of the details of and some of the surprising parts of it, and I was like, "Oh wow, okay," you know. Oh wow, okay. Oh wow, yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So. You know, ultimately, that's kind of where I am with it. It's like, it, it sucks to say this, and it, like, but to be honest, in a couple weeks, I don't think many people are going to be talking about this kind of stuff anymore. Like, it, you'll have the new layoffs, you'll have the new layoffs, like that happened at other companies mm -hmm. and all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. 
but mm. the industry will move on. You know, uh, gaming I'll will do. move on. The Xbox platform will move on. There will be exciting gaming news. There will be gaming things that we're all pumped for. There will be Xbox news that we're all pumped for. There's all this stuff. There's be ABK news that we're all pumped for. There's going to be a lot of exciting things in the future. Um, and ultimately that's not going to change because of this. And like, there's been a lot of ultimate doom and gloom over the whole situation as a whole in uh, like, as a, for the personal side, for that personal element, for the people themselves, there's nothing else other than that. Right. Uh, for gaming as a hobby, this doesn't spell that for me. Right. And, but like, there's a lot of people I see jumping to that. And I can see how with just like such a shocking kind of thing, all of a sudden, Oh, well, what's going on? You know, but, uh, overall our hobby is here to stay and we're going to be excited about a lot of things that are going to happen this year. So, um, it, yeah. it sucks to talk about the positives on such a negative, but like, old, like this was something they did for a reason. It's not, it's a lot of it's greed, right? A lot of it is money and, you know, profit and margins and, and all these things that us mere consumers don't really give a shit about. Right. Um, they had their reasons and I don't know what they are and it, it sucks ass, but, uh, it's not just them either. You know, it's the entire mm-hmm. industry pretty it much. It and it's the uh, tech industry. And it's also not just that. It's It goes no. way beyond all these things. So, you know, it's just the way the world is right now. Uh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But it was to be expected, unfortunately. It really was. So It is. Um, and there is, um, there is potentially some good that will come out of this not for the people obviously that have been let go but the unionization and again unions don't fix everything and i have a very (laughs) i have a i have a very good perspective of unions growing up in a union family my stepdad um who was my full-time dad let's be real um was a part of the mechanics union for airlines he worked at Mm -hmm. northwest orient and and uh in went through multiple strikes as a family right yeah. from the unions um and they they are there to protect um different sides but unions don't fix everything but what i will say is that because of this is happening in the industry right now places like microsoft that have said openly that they won't stand in the way of unionization. We had already seen some of the ABK teams starting to unionize. I think this is going to push more devs and more studios to start joining or forming unions themselves. And in the future, right, there's going to be other considerations for the bigger corporations, the bigger businesses that make these decisions about doing these layoffs because they're going to have a fight on their hands, right? They're going to, they're going to have other legal ramifications if they move forward with big layoffs like this this is something that this industry the tech industry as a whole has been extremely resistant to which was unionization that's why it was such a big deal during the abk acquisition that microsoft came out and said we're not going to stand in the way of unions they got union you know they got the unions on board with them for the acquisition because they they were probably the biggest company to say that openly, right? I think they're the biggest company because, well, now they are the biggest company in the world. So, uh, valuation wise, so that was huge move. 
Now these obviously layoffs happen prior to people trying getting, you know, absolutely forming unions in a lot of these areas. But I think this is going to push people to really consider that in the future. And I think that we're going to see some changes. This industry, let's face it, is ever changing. It is ever evolving. It is dynamic in all the good ways, and it can be dynamic in the bad ways as well. That's one of the things that shows the potential with this industry and why it continues to grow because it's not stagnant any one way. And, you know, it's it, 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 it it's a terrible day for a lot of people. And it's been a terrible start to 2024. It was a terrible 2023 for a lot of people in general. But maybe some good comes out of this. Maybe unionization amongst at least the video game industry starts really ramping up. Um, we just saw it with the actors uh, guild and all that kind of stuff in Hollywood, what kind of power they can have, um, how they can help the people that are in that industry. Um, so maybe it will actually develop into something, um, you know, a little bit more positive down the road in the future with all of this happening today. Um, but the news obviously didn't, you know, didn't end there. The 19, I'll read, I'm going to read Phil's memo real quick for anybody yeah. who hasn't seen, we got the full memo from Phil. Um, it's been a little over three months since the Activision Blizzard and King teams joined Microsoft. As we move forward in 2024, the leadership of Microsoft gaming and Activision Blizzard is committed to aligning on a strategy and an execution plan with a sustainable cost structure that will support the whole of our growing business together. We've set priorities, identified areas of overlap and ensured that we're all aligned on the best opportunities for growth. Uh, quote, as part of this process, we have made the painful decision to reduce the size of our gaming workforce by approximately 1,900 roles out of 22,000 people on our team. The game gaming leadership team and I are committed to navigating this process as thoughtfully as possible. The people who are directly impacted by these reductions have all played an important part in the success of Activision Blizzard, ZeniMax, and the Xbox teams. And they should be proud of everything they've accomplished here. We are grateful for all of the creativity, passion, and dedication they have brought to our games, our players, and our colleagues. We will provide our full support to those who are impacted during the transition, including severance benefits informed by local employee uh, employment laws. Those whose roles will be impacted will be notified, and we ask that you please treat our, your departing colleagues with the respect and compassion that is consistent with our values. Looking ahead, we will continue to invest in areas that will grow our business and support our strategy of bringing more games to more players around the world. Although this is a difficult moment for our team, I'm confident as ever in your ability to create and nurture the games, stories, and worlds that bring players together. Simply sign Phil. Um, it's a corporate letter. Yeah. Um, this was approved by attorneys, obviously. <laughs> you know, the, you, can, you can hear it, the language... These letters are always like this unless it's a small company that has a very personal owner that, you know, really can write something without the attorney stepping in, without there being trillions of dollars on the line with stock prices and all that kind of stuff. It's corporate speak. I think it gives context a little bit to some of the stuff that they're talking about internally as far as, you know, what the future is going to look like, that they're going to, you know, again continue to grow, that this isn't a permanent downsizing, like they're going to continue to grow in different areas. They obviously just found some places, a lot of places, in fact, and we're going to get in that here in a minute, that they found worthy of cutting, right? There's no easy way to put it, and they did that. And again, is that a part of the corporate world? Is that part of capitalism? Is that a part of making money? Is that a part of being a $3 trillion company with stock holders who have a 
vested interest in your company and you have to make decisions based upon dollars and numbers instead of humans? Yes, absolutely. Um, that's the real world. Perfect world, we'd find a different way, but nobody's done it yet, really. And again, I'm not here to argue different systems or anything like that. I'm just saying that this is where we live. And I would love to see somebody come up with something else or, or a different way to do things, but you know, they don't. And this is the number guys stepping in and saying, we've got to do this. Um, proximate cost saving somewhere near $180 million a year. Um, you know, that's what they look at. They just, that it sucks, but that's what it is. So, uh, I just wanted to read that memo, but yeah, Mav, let's get into some more of the information that kind of started dropping then. Um, yeah, these because, are really surprises. Uh, yeah. Some surprises in here for yeah, bro, sure, bro. Bro, the the rabbit hole that got deeper and deeper. And shout out to Jez. Uh, yeah. Jez was on top of a lot of this stuff. He was covering Jez Gordon, Windows Central. For anybody who doesn't know, um, he was extremely upset today uh, by the news. Uh, if you know Jez, you know how he takes this stuff almost personally to heart when it happens to other people. So today, and especially in this industry, today was a rough day for Jez, but he was breaking a lot of news, as was Tom Warren and other people, but Jez was on top of this. Um, he was the first that I saw uh, come out and report that included in the 1900 um, was Mike Yabara yeah. uh, was going to be leaving. Not that he was laid off, but that he was going to be leaving um, Blizzard. And that... Um, also, along with him, one of the original founders of Blizzard. Um, let me see if I can. I just had it, and it just disappeared, as it always does. Okay. Uh, Chief Design Officer Adam Adham uh, is also leaving. He was one of the original founders of Blizzard as well. So both of them are gone, Mav. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this in there because this was a part of Jez's original report, and we'll kind of just walk through it here a little bit. Also... At that same moment, Jez also broke the news, or at least he was the first I saw to say that Blizzard's new survival game, Odyssey, which we were excited for, yeah. we had talked about money, they just teased last year for the first time, um, it's canceled completely, gone. Um, six years of development work. Now, we have more information on that. Have an interesting article from everybody's favorite reporter, Jason Schreier. He actually kept it free for everybody, so you can go to Bloomberg, no paywall. Um, interesting article about that. We'll we'll dive into that a little bit later here as we get through this. But Mav, let's start with Yabara. Let's start with Mike. Bro, I gotta say I was wrong. I got it. I I I we'll never know what happened. And I yeah. as I always say, you never know the hearts of men, right? That's a famous saying. You never know the hearts of men. And what that means is unless you are truly walking in a person's shoes and actually know how they're thinking, you will never know what's in their heart, right? You will never know how they're feeling, what they're thinking about, what their decisions are going to be like, and why they do things. You can guess, you can speculate, you can have good ideas, but you'll never know. Mike Yobara, all the quotes. From the time that the ABK announcement was made, the acquisition announcement was made, made till when it was finalized, and then following the finalization at the end of last year, all of his quotes, everything that he did seemed to be that he wasn't going anywhere. In fact, one of his quotes were, you have to drag me out of Blizzard. <laughs> that was, in fact, a quote. Yeah. Um, we know... Some of the backstory with Yabar and Microsoft, um, we know potential 
spots for bad blood, even between him and Phil at times. Again, no, no, no 100% confirmation from anybody's horse's mouth at all. But there's enough stories, there's enough talk, there's enough smoke to assume that there is some of that there. I thought that was water under the bridge, Mav. I said Mike Yabar is not going anywhere. In fact, I thought they might put Mike in charge of all of ABK, right? Of Activision. Put him as a head of Activision. I, you know, when we were trying to guess who was going to be there, you know, we were talking about Sarah, we were talking about all this, who's going to replace, right? I thought Mike would be great. And I talked about the qualifications that he has and the fact that he does understand how Phil and Microsoft works. And he now understands how ABK works. And he understands the two different languages. That transitional period of this big company would be great to have Mike on board. And I thought that Mike, you know, again, whatever it was, maybe it's Phil's side. We won't know. Maybe it's Phil who harbors some ill will. I don't know. But I thought that was all in the past. I thought it had been long enough. I thought there was enough success on both sides that that could be put aside, that egos could be gone. But obviously today, and I'm only going to pull one part. Mike tweeted out, talked about how he loved everybody they worked with and he feels you know awful that everybody had to be let go and all that kind of stuff. And then he went on to announce his, his, um, his leaving, his departure as well. And Matt, I'm going to pass it to you over to you after this. Um, but the one part I pulled out of Mike's statements was this. To the Blizzard community, I also want to let you all know today is my last day at Blizzard. Leading Blizzard through an incredible time and being a part of the team, shaping it for the future ahead was an absolute honor. Having already spent 20 plus years at Microsoft (laughs) and with the acquisition of Activision Blizzard behind us, it's time for me to once again become Blizzard's biggest fan from the outside. And the last thing I will say is that Matt Booty also put out a statement today. And I'm not going to read his statement. It was short and sweet. But the big thing out of Matt Booty's statement was he claims he had had discussions with Mike Yabara about his future and that Mike made the decision to leave. Mike's statement, and I've already been wrong reading Mike, so take this for what it is. I've already been wrong, but his statement about already being at Microsoft for 20 plus years and now the completion of ABK, it's time to go, tells me that, yeah, he had no interest to really stick around uh, after the acquisition. But that's just me. Again, I've already read him wrong. Mav, what do you think about Mike Yobar leaving? This is a big L. Overall, this is a giant L. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This man was doing great things with Blizzard. He was a big part of the turnaround. He held things together, Mav, when everything was falling apart over there during all the HR stuff going yeah. on, the Bobby Kotick. He came in and gave stability and actually had his teams at Blizzard doing some really cool. This is a massive L. Mike Barr is extremely talented. I... Again, without question, I said he should be the head of everything over there. I I think he's got the chops. But, Mav, what do you think about Yabara leaving and about how this went down and that he was presenting it as, you know, him and Phil shook hands on stage uh, at the BlizzCon? Like, I mean, his tears now at BlizzCon kind of take on a different meaning when he choked up, Mav. Like, he yeah. was thinking, like, this is my last BlizzCon. It take, we we just thought he was emotional that, that the deal was done. He was too, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it was the first live in person, right? Yeah, BlizzCon. Yeah, yeah it had to be. It had because to be. So the first and last. Where he's there was kind of during the pandemic, yeah. and I think this was the first yeah. live yeah. BlizzCon in right. a while, right? So, so it takes on a new meaning when you think about this. If yeah. that's when the decision was made, if the if he had already made a decision, again, we won't know. We yeah. won't know any of this. But just in general, Matt, what do you think about Yabar leaving? Um, and his thoughts, and Booty saying that it was his choice, and Booty also did say that he thinks you know your bar is going to go spend more time with family and 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 that kind of what do you think about this whole situation man it's interesting man like i i just in the back of my mind like he was literally was just a couple months ago saying you're gonna have to drag me out of blizzard like i he loves it so much he loves blizzard he wants to stay with blizzard forever you're gonna have to drag him out of there and stuff and i'm like and then now it's just like yeah i think it's time to go it's like wow what happened what happened in that time frame? Or was he just lying through his teeth the last time? You know what I mean? Just I, I don't know. It's one of see either something with the broke down between him learning basically something or whatever with the kind of how it's gonna work now under Microsoft, or he was just lying just for the heck of it last time he said that. I, I don't know. It's one of the two. Right, like something had to have changed. So, unless nothing changed and he was just saying, you know, PR stuff for whatever reason, right? Which is possible too, you know. Like I've seen plenty of times, things seem absolutely awesome, and then all of a sudden they come out like two days later or whatever, and be like, "Oh, yeah, I'm out, yeah, bye." You know, this just happens in the corporate world a lot, and it's. I, it always catches you by surprise. It's like, can you believe anything these people say or what's going on? You know, I, I, I would have to imagine that like there for more than anything, like maybe he wanted something out of this or maybe he was hoping he was going to, he was going to hope to get like a, potentially maybe like me and you thought mm-hmm. like, was it wasn't just you that thought that, I mean, we, we no, were both no. talking about it, like thinking like, it'd be great. And this would be, like that maybe he would be that guy, you know, and maybe yeah, he just absolutely. learned he wasn't. He's like, well, fuck this. I'm out. You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, that's a speculation. We don't know what happened. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think like you, I do think it's a loss regardless of what the situation is. Like, I, I think he was good for there, especially when he was on stage at BlizzCon. Like, I, I really thought like, okay, that's the guy you want leading that group and, and the passion that he was showing there. You know, um, and then, then you then you read Ar- Schreier's article, and it's like, well, okay, maybe that's not really the whole picture either. You know what I mean? So it's hard to really know. Like right now, we only see the negative because we're just here with the oh, horrible yeah. news yeah. today of all the layoffs. A bar is mm-hmm. gone. You know, it's just like a huge whammy of stuff all at once, right? Yeah, and we don't know still because they haven't come out and t- talked about it or, or did anything about what the plan is with ABK mm-hmm. going forward, right? Right. So, right now it seems like oh that sucks, it's a huge loss, and maybe what they have planned is in a good direction, but we don't know that. So right now we just have to look at it for what we know, and this mm-hmm. is just all the negative stuff, right? And right. You know, I, I thought he would have been great, um, from what from my from our perspective as watching a showcase and and seeing the way he's acting towards things and the way he was doing in interviews 
Uh, the, the, he did bring that stability during that time and all that kind of stuff, I felt like, as well. All those same reasons that you uh, had kind of pointed out. Yeah. But, you know, um, it's interesting. Like you said, you never know the hearts, right? And nope. maybe um, maybe he's not who we thought he was either. So, you know, I don't know, man. It's so We don't know. Yeah. Don't know. It could be either side, man. It could be either side. It could be both sides. It could have been just kind of known from the beginning. This was the eventuality. I mean, again, from his yeah. quotes and everything he was saying, I didn't think that Kate was the case. But maybe behind the scenes, that's kind of what it was. Like him and Phil had already agreed that, like, when it's all said and done, come 2024, I'm 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 walking yeah. again. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure he, he got just, a pretty decent little payday, oh, yeah. right, with yeah. the whole acquisition too. You oh, know, of course, of course. Uh, a guy in his had, position I'm probably has a lot of shares in ABK. You know, um, yeah, even if he hasn't been there that long. So doesn't matter in his position, he would have definitely gotten options a lot. Yeah. So um, I imagine if they ran it anyways, that normal corporations that size do. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's um, this one I was not expecting. Uh, this was one of the first surprises of the day. And obviously, I don't have a whole lot to say on Chief Design Officer Adam Adam. Yeah, I guess um, he was like is listed yeah. as a co-founder. But like people that yeah. are saying like that talking about him because i'm not familiar either yeah. but like he was the the kind of actual founder 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 of Blizzard. Yeah. again is that also him just the acquisitions done he got a nice payday as one of the founders he's yeah. been in the industry for a long time and finally steps aside is it him not wanting to work underneath you know xbox and microsoft i don't know we'll never know but again, I don't like to see somebody like that walk um, during a, especially during this period of time. Like I, I don't want to see. But if that was his choice and he walked away and he just said it's time to do something else, hey, more power to you. Like I always say, I'm not, I'm not here to tell anybody yeah. you got to stick it out just for to stick it out. Um, so I don't have a lot to say because I hadn't heard uh, his name too often. I've heard it a couple times, but I haven't heard it too often. But chief design officer obviously had a ton of influence within Blizzard. Um, so again, talented obviously individual who was the reason that we have blizzard one of the reasons why we have blizzard so don't like to see him go either but he is also uh stepping away um all right man let's let's get into odyssey here real quick uh first bland, brand new blizzard ip in decades teased last year in the survival genre jez has had nothing but glowing reports about this game from what he's been able to talk to people about, and he's also had some eyes on some things, and he was super stoked for Odyssey, uh, whatever it was going to be. Obviously, it generated a ton of buzz um, when it was revealed because of the simple fact that it was Blizzard doing a brand new IP after decades. Like, that is big news. Word had come out that they had already been developing this thing for six years um, or thereabouts and that there had been some, you know, stumbles and some blocks and stuff going on. Um, and I want to, Mav, real quick, um, read part of the Schreier article here about Odyssey to give context and then I'll turn it over to you on here. But this getting completely nixed um, and then we got word that part of the team would be moved to other projects in-house. Um, and they did kind of confirm in that Mav, just as you know, we're a gaming podcast. We speculate. They kind of confirm that there is multiple new projects happening within blizzard yeah. going on in that 
announcement, right? They said we're going to be moving people to other different exciting new projects uh, that are starting within Blizzard. Okay. So like you said, Mav, you know, that's going to be news in the future. That's maybe something that they wanted to focus on. Um, but otherwise, a lot of the team was flat out layoff, uh, laid off as well in this 1900 today. We, people started popping up, obviously, on X, um, posting, hey, been let go. Sad time. But it was a large portion of the team. Some of the big people in the team as well. Some of the heads of that team were also being laid off today. So this is a complete dismantling of Odyssey. Um, and here's here's uh, from Bloomberg. This is from Jason Schreier, who got some more additional details about kind of what was going on with Odyssey in the background and exactly where this game was. And I do think this is important. Again, Jason Schreier, some of you people, you know, some people out in the community don't believe Jason Schreier that he knows anything. That's fine. If you don't, then just ignore this part uh take it with a grain of salt i believe he does have good context if there's one thing and i do think that he sources pretty well um and i think that he is pretty accurate so uh but this will this actually kind of explains because there was a lot of talk today mav about odyssey being canceled and that that was a huge this was a shock to me personally because i thought we were going to hear more about odyssey this year either at the showcase or at blizzcon um i thought they were ramping yeah. up I thought they were getting ready. Like I, Jez had mentioned that he thought it was further along at one point than, than some people thought. And so this was a shock to me. And of course, a brand new IP from Blizzard in a survival genre, which I do enjoy survival games, even though I don't play them a ton because they're so time consuming, but I got sucked into Power World, right? So again, I like survival games. I was excited for this and I was looking forward to it. But Trier's article gives context to exactly how the development's been going on Odyssey. And I think. I never want to see games canceled. I think there was value to the six years of work that these people made on this game and on this project that I can't, I could never see myself as a head of like Xbox, like Phil or booty or anybody walking in saying, unless it was absolutely the most horrendous thing you'd ever seen trashing it all and just saying, Nope, we're not doing this at all after this long. Like I would want to get the game out. But again, that's also my gamer at heart too. As a gamer, I want new IP. I want blizzards. I want big devs to try things like they did back in the day. We don't get new things from big devs so often anymore. Look at Rockstar. They used to do it all the time. So I was excited for this. So this was shocked. Yeah. But Shire's reporting tells a little bit of a different story here, Mav, in, in certain contexts, right? And I think it gives sheds a little bit of light on what, why, why this may have happened. So... um. Microsoft announced the news uh, to uh, in an email to employees early Thursday morning, and many members of the Odyssey team were subsequently informed that they were being let go. The news arrived three months after Microsoft closed the $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard in the largest video game deal in history. As part of the reorganization, okay, we, got, we know that. Um, the maker of many hit games, including World of Warcraft, Diablo 4, has mostly focused on its large existing franchises. But in recent years, the company has made a big investment into Odyssey, building up a team of more than 100 people to develop it. Um, the game, set in a new universe, was in development for more than six years and outlasted many other Blizzard incubation projects. Again, this is... Something we don't know about because normally the cancellations happen internally before we hear anything. So games are always canceled. Like that's the thing that gamers don't understand. Like there's a there's tons of projects that are canceled behind the scenes like that we never knew existed at the time. Uh, this one just so happened to get announced last year. So that's why we get this information. 
Uh, now the future of such efforts outside of existing franchises is uncertain. In a statement, Blizzard spokesman Andrew Reynolds said the game's development had ended as part of a focus on projects that hold the most promise for future growth and that the company would move some of the people on the team to one of several exciting new projects Blizzard has in the early stages of de development. Obviously, you probably can guess some of those, StarCraft. Um, Odyssey started in 2017 as a pitch from Greg Amai, a Blizzard veteran who worked for on World of Warcraft. It was conceived as a survival game like Minecraft and Rust, but with more polish and fewer bugs. In subsequent years, the team working on the game expanded, and it was announced publicly in 2022 as the company began hiring more staff. Despite the additional resources, the project struggled largely due to technical issues surrounding the engine or the suite of tools and technology that developers use to construct a game, according to people familiar with the process. Odyssey was originally prototyped on the popular Unreal Engine from Epic Games, but Blizzard executives decided to switch in part because it wouldn't support their ambitions for vast maps supporting up to 100 players at once. Blizzard instead instead directed the Odyssey team to use Synapse, an internal engine that the company had originally developed for mobile games and envisioned as something that would be shared across many of its projects. But that led to significant problems as the technology was slow to coalesce and Odyssey's artists instead spent time prototyping content in the Unreal Engine that they knew they would have to be that they knew would have to be discarded later, said people. When the Microsoft acquisition finalized, some Blizzard staff were hopeful that they might actually be able to switch back to Unreal Engine rather than trying to finish the game on Synapse. In an interview at BlizzCon in November, Yabara said that their new parent company would offer them the freedom to use technology of their choice without having to go through the board of directors as in the past. Quote, the tech leaders will decide what the engines are, end quote, he said. Despite the challenges, Odyssey appeared to be making progress. People who played the early versions of the game enjoyed it and thought there was a lot of potential in the market for a survival game that hit Blizzard's bar for quality. Still, Odyssey was years away from completion. At one point, Blizzard was looking to expand the team to hundreds of people in hopes of targeting a 2026 release, but even that seemed overly optimistic to some developers. Instead, the project was canceled as the company concluded that Synapse was not ready for production. Quote, as difficult as making these decisions are, experimentation and risk-taking are part of Blizzard's history and creative process, spokesman Reynolds said. Ideas make their way into other games or in some cases become games of their own. Starting something completely new is among the hardest things to do in gaming, and we're immensely grateful uh, to all the talented people who supported the project. Okay. I mean, again, take your reporting how you want to take it. Again, I trust Schreier in a lot of ways. He does good reporting. I don't, nothing personal. Just think he does good reporting. But Mav, when you hear all of that kind of going on, it, it reminds me a little bit of the stuff we heard about Halo Infinite and Slip Space. Like, again, different scenario. But yeah. it reminds me of some of the conversations that were being had prior, you know, to the delay and everything and some of the problems that supposedly creeped up during working with a brand new engine in slip space um, and getting things to work properly. Sounds like Synapse was not ready for prime time. Obviously that's what they're stating. It was not ready for prime time. Then that was causing massive problems and delaying Odyssey six years already. 
projecting or trying to hit a 2026 release. So that's another two years. So that puts it at eight years. But people internally, according to Schreier, were saying mm, that was pretty optimistic too. They were just going to start ramping up. I don't know, man. I have a lot of problems there. Again, I hate to see a new IP disappear after it's announced, get canceled. Again, there's hundreds we don't know about that are canceled all the time. But this one being announced, excited, Blizzard, new IP, survival game. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. But yeah. this article kind of gives you a different light a little bit on what the situation was, huh? Yeah, it it, it does. I mean, the uh, as much as I don't really like the person, like... Uh, it's like Jason Schreier, like does, Who does? Who does? does good reporting, you know, like he crawled yeah. out of his little weasel hole today to get on TV to talk about the yeah, uh, layoffs a lot. You know, it's my time to shine. Oh, boy, Microsoft is bad. I'm going to talk layoffs. Where were you when Sony did it anyway? Yeah, his reporting did uh, show a little bit more information, right? Like. Uh, about all of the things that we, uh, you know, were wondering about Odyssey in the past, you know, like how far right. away is it? What the what's going on with uh, Odyssey? Like, or, or when is it going to be announced? All, all these things, you know, we all we knew is like a s Blizzard survival game, you know, and that ultimately now we have some information that we didn't know before. So, like, I guess good job, dude, uh, on that, but. Uh, it is disappointing because you know that I think that genre as a whole. I my most exciting thing thinking about it was like Blizzard makes quality shit, right? Like, and we haven't like to my knowledge really had a super high quality, like great fidelity all all, all those, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, survival game, really, you know, not mm -hmm. like that, you know. So like yeah. I was just wondering what what it would turn into what it would be like and yep. i was really hoping to get that reveal but you yes. know i kind of think some of the talk like when they um made the announcement about or i don't know where the original announcement came from or whatever but the uh about the some of those devs moving to on to the other existing projects yeah. it's like you know some of it's like oh look but we're still working on other things <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean so like yeah. Uh, ultimately though that is a good that is a good thing to hear um but well it's like the naughty know. dog announcement of you know yeah when they when they canceled factions and they said but we're working on a new single player game yeah, right yay, <laughs> so, you know it's right, not right, everybody right. left we're moving some of them to new jobs everybody stop know? looking over here look right. over here at the exactly. new shiny ball oh, new yeah, projects yeah. from blizzard yeah. oh, let's talk about <laughs> yeah. that instead you know right right so i uh you know i i think it's interesting i um it sucks. I, I hate when projects get canceled that you know about because like those yeah. never leave the back of your mind. Like, what could that have been? You know, correct. What, what could Scale that one. have been? <laughs> you know, Fable Legends, you know, like yep. uh, there's so many different instances in the past of these kind of games. You know, there, there was one way back in the day that was on an original Xbox. It was like Fantasy Live or something like that. It was like, I, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. It was like a MMO RPG uh, fantasy RPG game. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but like I remember being excited for that and wanted to see what it was yeah. going to be, and it got canceled. You know, Starcraft yeah. Ghost. Yeah, there you go. they had boxes printed for it. Jesus. Yep. Man. <laughs> um. So it, it just it sucks. We're never going to see that. That's that's you know 
I hate when games get canceled. Ultimately, yeah. Mike Barra leaving, huge surprise there. Obviously, then that, then this too. Those were the most surprising things for me. There, like in, in a time where a game like Power World is just captivating people and showing how big this genre is, right? And oh, Unreal Engine, as <laughs> well, um, yep. and showing what what yep. can be done even from a small team, right? Right. See that yeah. Blizzard couldn't put something together like. With the, using un, like instead they switched engines and again they said it was a corporate decision or from the high ups or executive decision, you know mm-hmm. I, it's maybe in the future those things won't happen. Yeah, right. Possibly. Um, but so. I really wish we could have seen it. I just really wanted to see it. But yeah. Yeah, maybe some stuff will come out. Maybe get leaked. Maybe I don't know. Next year Blizzard gets hacked and like. We see people who are able to like download it and play it on their PCs like Wolverine. I, I I don't know, man. It's just like, um, I I just hate to see that. But that was surprising, though, man. It's just like it was. Um, and I'm curious when that decision was made. Yeah. It sounds like it was just made. Sounds like it was just made, but it does sound like it was a Blizzard decision internally, at least from those quotes right. that Schreier has that it was more Blizzard's decision per se. Although, if timeline wise. Dryer is correct and that this game yeah. was going to take another three or so years to come out and you're looking at the pro like from xbox's standpoint do you you know again if you see all the investment for six years and you know about all the internal issues with the synapse engine at the synapse engine you just went through this you know again with halo infinite and slip space and you also, you know, had a game like Redfall come out. And again, I'm not comparing the two because we have no idea what kind of shape, you know, this game was in. But I'm just saying you have those things. They look at this project and go, could we be better served by just calling it now? Right. Could we just be better served? You know, obviously getting some of the talent onto these other teams that are working on other projects and just move on from this. Like, is is this something we want to continue to invest in now that we are? you know, the, the owners of this, do we really think that that's viable? And maybe they just made the decision that way um, and said, no, we just don't think so. Um, But it is, it is sad, especially since it was just announced last year. This shows how serious to Mav that the companies, because a lot of people, we had this conversation for three years where people were like, oh, you know, Microsoft is, you know, pushing a, you know, Activision and in certain directions. And no, they legally weren't doing a, they couldn't do anything by law to impose their will yeah. on ABK. Otherwise they could have jeopardized the entire acquisition and they were under so much scrutiny that this shows there was none of that because there is no way that if this was on Xbox side, if they looked at that game and said, yeah, we don't think we should continue to invest in this game, that they would allow them to tease it last year like to open it up and start hiring more people for the team. Like that would not be a good business move. Right. So I just, um, yeah, it, it, it's sad. Like you said, it hits a little bit harder when you of course know about this stuff. Um, because as a gamer, you do start envisioning things and imagining things in your head. Even if that's not what the game winds up being, there's always that untapped potential. You go, God, it have been so cool to have, but, um, yeah. Um, again, overall sad day, uh, especially on the blizzard side, couple last things mav and then we'll move on from this but a couple things i do think that people should know about if you're not paying close attention to all this stuff maybe because you don't care and if you don't care that's fine we'll we'll be moving on to other things here but um it wasn't just 
blizzard here, Mav. The yeah. Overwatch team was, I, I don't know numbers, but one tweet from Jorge Murillo, who was a senior designer on Overwatch 2, he put out a tweet today. Um, one of the people who tweeted out that they were laid off just got laid off with basically my entire team. Can't really process it at the moment. After the rocky launch of Overwatch 2, we finally built up a great team that was working on some awesome stuff. Then suddenly we all get laid off. Can't even go get the stuff at my desk. That's the other horrible yeah. part about big corporations yeah. when, they, when they just lock you out of everything. It's terrible. Anyways. But map future of Overwatch 2 here, brother. Like if this if if he's being real, and I don't think he would necessarily just throw this out there, but I, I he's talking like the main team got decimated today, got blown up on Overwatch 2. We know Overwatch 2 certainly did not land the way they thought it was. Going to they canceled the long awaited, long um yeah, the campaign anticipated campaign. Um but we saw them at BlizzCon. Like yeah. he said, the energy level from the Overwatch team was ridiculous. Like they were super excited. They introduced that new character. I forget the I forget his name. That uh, the Samoan guy um, who looks super dope, even for me, not an Overwatch player. I was like, oh, that guy looks cool. He'd be fun to rock around in. Like there was just a different energy about that Overwatch team. If this is true, and again, I don't know how it all breaks down internally at Blizzard. I don't know how many teams are working on Overwatch, but we know this one. And he was one of the chief, the the senior designers got blown up today. Um, not good, Mav. I don't yeah. know what this means for the future of Overwatch at all. Any thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's going to carry on. Honestly, I mean, like it's a huge. Even though it's yeah, it's, it's like not as maybe originally like what they wanted. Like, I think the numbers are still overall good. If I'm, unless I'm wrong on that right now for Overwatch, uh, somebody. That's more familiar with that. Uh, let me know. Um, I, I just see. Uh, I'm trying to find out the, the numbers, but like, it's all over the place on the internet, so I can't really find anything accurate. I, I would maybe rely on Jasper if you're in the chat to tell me, like, what yeah. the player counts are. Because if you just look at Steam, it doesn't tell you the whole story because Battle.net and all that kind of stuff, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, I. I'm curious about how it's doing right now. Um, I know it's like overwhelming negative sentiment about because of the campaign situation. Originally, yeah. uh, people pissed off about it. Um, yeah, Jasper says the the esports league had gotten canceled. Canceled yesterday. So yeah, maybe they felt like for what the cost was of running it, the engagement yeah. wasn't enough to support that. I don't know. I, I do know, think it's a franchise that's going to continue. I think it's a game that's going to continue. And it's a valuable like, franchise. Yeah, I I think the. Uh, I I don't know. Like I, I would be real curious to see like what I want to see most. Right. I want like I want to see like a chart or a graph to see where that those nineteen hundreds come from. Yes. Like how they split up. Yeah, I mean we're not going to get that, obviously. No. Right. Unless somebody really does a lot of research yeah. and, and dives yeah. in, you could maybe figure that out. But like I want to know how much of it's Microsoft side. Because there there was so, like there Xbox. Some Zenimax people too. Yeah, and then there was uh, Zenimax. Community manager from right. uh, community manager from Fallout 76 was let go today. Yeah. She was credited with being like holding that community together through the rough times of 76. Like people loved her and 
she's gone. Like, so yeah, I'd like to see the breakdown too. Yeah. Um, so I want to see how much of it's Blizzard, how much of it's Activision, right? How much of it is Microsoft Xbox side? Because there was impacts there as well, they said, and then also Zenimax. Like, I, I would love to know because it, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine, like, you know, that Project Odyssey had it was a, was a good chunk of it, you know, but they only had a little, like, over 100 employees, supposedly, right? So, yeah, you know, that leaves it. And they didn't lay off the entire team also because they said they moved some of the to other mm-hmm. positions. So, correct. I, I want to know where everything was. Um, we've seen stuff about retail, uh, team. Uh, yep. getting cut down uh yep. that's as that well. was coming yep yeah, so retail we'll, we'll team that was, a little bit yep. so yep yep um i don't know if that's more on microsoft side if that's coming from blizzard side activision side um yeah. it's it's interesting like it is communities uh, managers uh, like several of those kinds of uh, marketing teams right those are the kind of redundancy things you would expect a little bit yeah. But um, over the Overwatch one's a little interesting. I, I I'm not gonna like necessarily like overreact to any one team's specific no. layoffs right now because I, because we saw the same thing with three four three, right? Yes. And yeah. Halo Infinite also has improved since then, like dramatically, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily when you lose it's always necessarily bad for the game in a way you know like because like they you could be refocusing reorganizing trying to figure out what's wrong all this kind of stuff i i I don't know but like halo infinite improved after those layoffs okay when they reorg and focus and now we know 343 has other projects in the works and they're growing their team right correct so the overwatch team could be following the same kind of footsteps as that you know, like you, you brought up Halo Infinite as a story yeah. before. It kind of, I'll just use the same parallel here with this. And it, but like, I don't know how much of the Overwatch team was laid off. You know, like no clue. Yeah, that's that's the question. Like, I don't know how many teams there are. If this is just one team, if there's multiple teams, if this is just the main team, like, I, I yeah, that's that's the part we don't know. I just, you know, again, hearing him say that based. Nearly the entire team, uh, basically my entire team. Yeah, but uh, like, what like, department wow, what of it mean? was he? Yeah, like right. how many how many people did he right. have? You know, right? Exactly. So exactly. Like, and that, I, and that's I, they actually, I think the same guy I saw earlier on Twitter had like, because uh, Jez had retweeted it, had yeah. like showed his last Slack message. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, he had uh, posted. Um. It's Jorge Murillo, right? That's what you're talking about? Yep. Uh, senior designer looking uh, for work is what he says now. Um, mm-hmm. Ex-Volition and Netherrealm. Um, so he's a senior designer. So his team. Um, Jorge Murillo says, look, I'm just happy. His last Slack message before he lost access to Slack. Yep. Um, said, look, I'm just happy we were able to provide some value to the shareholders. And that was then he lost access to Slack. Nope. Uh, he retweeted it. So yeah, I, saw uh, that. I just saw that too. Yeah. Um, I don't blame him. Yeah, it's, it's it's awful, especially when you don't expect it. Again, most of this stuff too, and this news came out prior to most most of them being notified too. So there was a there was a moment this morning that people didn't 
people didn't know if they were included in this or not. They just knew yeah. the news that 1,900 people or roughly thereabouts were getting let go, and they had no idea if it was them or anything because that news got out prior to the actual talking to the employees. Again, think these things can be done better. Yeah. But it is what it is. This is what happens, unfortunately. Um, also, Mav, real quick, um, don't have to deep dive this one too much. Um, obviously, we know how big the Call of Duty teams are. Uh, we know that. But they were not immune today either. Number one yeah. selling game. <laughs> year in, year out, except for this year. Hogwarts did beat it. Yeah. But okay. 15-year run. Number one. Um, also, one of the most played, um, yes. like free to play games out there with Warzone as well. At yep, in tandem the with the uh, yearly release, crazy. Yep, crazy. The most profitable game, um, like just insane. But uh, Charlie Intel put out uh, because they were keeping track of uh, yeah. obviously the Call of Duty devs. Um, first said there have been now posts from almost every Call of Duty studio about layoffs. Employees from Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer Games, Raven Software, Treyarch, High Moon Studios, and more laid off. Devastating. They followed that up with High Moon Studio. High Moon Studios appears to have lost over 10% of the staff as part of today's layoffs per sources. Uh, High Moon was actively developing Fortune's Keep Return along with other Call of Duty support efforts. So even the best and biggest franchise was not immune today at all. Um, these were obviously, this is a big list of things that happened. And then Mav, let's talk about this a little bit. There's a couple more. Again, this rabbit hole kept going today. Like this, this was not all at one time. We just kept finding out new things. And again, Jez was all over this stuff. So once again, Jez Corden from windows central shout out to him, man. Um, he also talked about, um, he got sources telling him that Microsoft, laid off the entire internal customer support team or teams from ABK, save a few, and Microsoft is going to outsource that, which is something that they do internally already, right, Mav? They outsource their customer service. They obviously looked at that and said, cost-cutting, that's... That's purely a cost-cutting move. Yeah. They obviously have a deal already in place with outsourcing, to handle their customer service, love it or hate it. Again, customer service is terrible nowadays. Anywhere you go, for the most part, compared yeah, to back Xbox in the day, used to be awesome. Man. X, yeah. Uh, so, but they obviously made this decision. But that's, I mean, massive. I mean, multiple teams, full teams, all their customers. I think about. I mean, they had to have pretty good size yeah. for how big ABK is. Um, so that was another big news. Um, and then Microsoft, then Jez came back again and said Microsoft has also shut down departments dedicated to bringing Xbox games to physical retail, which if you've seen the digital-only Xbox console leaks, well, you can get an idea of where Microsoft is going here. So on that side, I'm wondering yeah. if that was from, like... Sounds like Microsoft. Xbox. Yeah, it sounds like it, but it's no clarification there. Right, but he said bringing Xbox games to physical. So I'm assuming that's a, that that because he said Xbox games in particular. Right, I'm assuming it's the internal Xbox team. But like ABK would have had those same kind of positions in place as well. Right, right? but I think he probably would have said ABK games to physical retail. Right, right? I'm that's just, what I, that's, I, I was just wanted. Yeah. To, I just yeah. curious yeah. about it because like 
if the news and it got around to say like that those teams left, maybe like, you know, it got lost in translation potentially there somewhere because that would be a redundancy potentially. Right. Um, Yes, correct. It would be sure. um, Or maybe they like ABK side and how they've done things too. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't know. Like there's interesting things there. However, I mean, the writing's been on the wall for that for a long time. It has. Um, and <laughs> it it's is. not necessarily going to make everybody happy, especially nope. especially a certain nope. contingent of uh, people that love physical media. Um, but like I've, it's been, you, you see retail stores, you see what's going on w- with retail across the board at a lot of these places. And you can kind of, you, you, you know, what's coming. Right, I, I told it was was it last week we talked about me going into Best Buy or was it maybe it was on FSP mm-hmm. this week? I don't remember. You're FSP this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, I was. I went into Best Buy and it was like, what's yeah. the point? You know, what's the fucking point of even being in the store right now? You know, like had, there, was no, there was no point. Nope. Like all the shelves are half Sad. empty. Like Sad, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Brick and mortar is. Brick and mortar is going bye bye. I mean, it, it, it's going to be specialty stores, and that's it. You're only going to go there for very specific reasons, and love it or hate it. Unfortunately, that's where we're headed. Um, unless something massive changes, um, this is what you know Amazon did to the world too. Uh, major. Um, wanted to say that Jez did put a note on that tweet as well and said, "Note: Reducing retail teams doesn't confirm Microsoft is quitting physical retail for Xbox games yet." They can outsource and might be consolidating here. So don't run with Xbox is quitting physical based on this. Mm-hmm. But it does seem to be the industry trajectory. Writing is on the wall. Yeah. That's it, a fact. Eventually, a you know, yeah. like, I mean, we saw Hellblade 2 digital yep. only, you know. Yep. Um, there, there's, it's going to happen more and more. You know, you're going to see more and more. Different publishers release their games digital only. Even the bigger ones that we've been used to seeing have physical releases for so long. Eventually, you're going to start seeing more and more of those do digital only, and it's going to be by publisher at first. And certain publishers are going to do it more than others, and then eventually, just like when they one eventually went to seventy dollars, then the then another company did seventy, then another company. You know, eventually, you'll see more and more, and maybe there'll be only be a couple left standing with the physical releases, right? I yep. um don't know exactly when or what how it's all going to shape out, uh. But none of us do, and ultimately mm-hmm. we're just going to ride the wave of what's going on because we can't do a damn thing about it. <laughs> nope. I mean, you, got, you 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 can only speak with your wallet. You got to make decisions. Yeah. Again, the hobby doesn't become for you anymore. Then you got you got to go find something yeah, different. Sure. I said that from the beginning. Um, you know, because the hobby is going to move on. Um, again, it's been on, it's been on its deathbed multiple times in the four decades plus I've been gaming and yet we're still here now in the golden age of what I call the golden age, uh, for the content, the gaming wise, right? Again, not the layoffs. I don't count that as golden age stuff, but I'm just saying the growth of the industry and how much content and how much games we have, how much money is being poured into this industry, all that good stuff, but no better time. And this is after the industry almost folded multiple times, right? So yeah, and this everything changes is so like big now. Yeah. Like yes, it's, like it's like the industry itself is like so yes. secure. It makes so much freaking money. It's the biggest money making like entertainment industry in, in the world, I believe. Like it makes more than music and movies. So like yeah, it does. Uh, 
uh, there's nothing. There's video game industry is not going anywhere, but you're going to no. want to see it evolve and change, just like every other industry mm-hmm. that's ever ever been. You know, and like uh, technology is usually the driving factor because where there's tech technology advancements, a lot of times technology advancements are used uh, and to cut cost as yep. well, right? And uh, yep. make companies more profitable, but also. Uh, for consumers, the, uh, stuff that they enjoy that is more convenient and all those kind of things to actually grow the consumer base. Uh, more sales is better for companies, right? They always like that. And it, whatever ways they can get more users and more engagement, have unified ecosystems, all this kind of stuff. We saw PlayStation talk about it the other day. That's where the industry seems to be going. Uh, Xbox was the first with this ideas. Uh, they seem to kind of set the trend. Um, because they were more advanced in the technology behind it at the time, right? They pushed that forward, and now you're seeing other companies do it, like Ubisoft, like we just talked about earlier, you know, doing that unified ecosystem kind of thing already. Um, EA's been doing it somewhat, but they haven't branched out and done, like, the EA Premium to other platforms as well. Um, But overall, you see more and more publishers going that route, and even Sony talking about it, that that's what they're going to do. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, and I really, the only way to make that work digital, I mean, let's just be real. You, you can't go and take your physical disc and go put it in your phone, put it in your cloud, <laughs> put it in your PC. There's no disc trays anymore. You got one place to play that, you know, and if these companies are going forward with this unified ecosystems of this play anywhere initiatives and all these things to grow user bases and attract more consumers, the only way to do that is digital and cloud, man. Like it's just, right. it's just the uh, nature of the beast. It's where tech's going. So X- Xbox is in um, a position that they've put themselves in right now, though. They are going to be, the hated ones, if they are the first out the gate, yet again, trying to yeah. make a change in the industry on the console side of things. Again, PC owners, you don't, uh, PC has been all digital for a long time now. My my PC didn't come with a disk drive. Very few do. Steel's got one. He doesn't even have it hooked up yeah. inside of his PC. You don't hear the PC side. Again, it's change. It sucks. But Xbox is going to take the heat if they are the first ones to start really pushing into this space. Now, we know... You know, PlayStation potentially has plans to do that as well. But if they do start as the first major major uh, console player to push all digital, you know, they are going to take the heat. And I think there are some things that they have to do because of what they've said in the past. Now, again, <laughs> business at the end of the day, they don't have to do anything. But because of Phil's statements publicly, because of how, again, as I always state, that they are the most consumer-facing billion dollar company potentially in the world out there because of how they interact with the community, their core community, their enthusiasts, they are going to have to do some things. I think, well, they don't, again, they don't have to, but I, I, I want to see them do some things to certainly reinforce the ideas that they brought about with this map, which number one, right? If you're going to do all digital, then I want to start seeing on the console side of things, pricing like the PC side of things yeah. for digital. Because again, you are, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. Okay. I'm, 
again, before anybody goes, but that's never going to happen because everybody's agreed to already pay $70. Yeah, everybody in the console space has agreed to pay $70. We we all criticized it. Yeah, here we are, a lot of us buying digital deluxe editions for $100, right? It We've already moved on. But the point of fact is if they're going to go completely away from it, I would like to see a more PC-like pricing be implemented in the for the consoles as well, right? Yeah. Number two, Xbox, because of their backwards compatibility push, Mav, they're going to have to continue to offer a physical drive separate if they're going to go all digital, but they're going to have to continue to offer a some type of physical drive for the people that now do have backwards compatibility physical backlogs, right? Going forward into the future, unless they do what they originally thought they could do with Xbox One and somehow find a way to transfer your physical disc into a digital copy to give you an option so that you don't lose the ability to play that game even if you move forward to the next gen and the next yeah. gen is all digital. They, they've they they've pushed that so hard, Mav, that I think it is kind of their responsibility. Again, business being business, you know, they could certainly do whatever they want to and take the heat and take the criticism and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's her responsibility to continue to support that. Um, I just think that there are these things that they have to do. And shout, shout out to Sergeant Sent- Sentinel on, on X2. He had um, posted a response underneath my retweet of, of, uh, of Jazz about this and kind of said these same things too. But that they were on my mind while I was at work because I had this discussion, I think with Steel last week on Living Split Screen too, a little bit about this. Uh, move to digital and what they should do uh, going forward because if you're going to innovate if you are going to be the trailblazers if you are going to push the industry in the direction that you see it going in already but you're going to be the front runner and you are going to be out taking all the punishment so that everybody behind you has an easier road then I would also like to see you give back to the community that you've said a lot of things to about this and about how you want to protect libraries of video games, how you have a huge respect for the history of video games. And we don't want to lose that history as generations go by and games disappear and games get lost and people can't play their game libraries anymore. I think there's a little bit of responsibility here um, on top of the pricing. Uh, Because again, if you go full digital, I, I know games cost more to make nowadays, but if Hellblade is potentially the test subject for this map, and that's why there's a $50 price point on it and it's digital, all digital. Okay. Yeah. If we're talking that we're going to somehow, you know, get in that 50, $60 range, all digital. Okay. Right. Um, I will hate to see physical go um, because of the pitfalls that there are with an all digital world. There are pitfalls. We're already too far ahead of that. Get your physical copies now. I see more and more people starting to collect movies, starting to collect books again. Problem is space. But if you can do it, do it. Because we're going to need unedited, uncensored copies of everything eventually. Uh, Because once we go all digital, there will be nothing stopping anybody from changing works of art and works of entertainment uh, to fit whatever they want it to be instead of what it was supposed to be and what it was originally created as. So I'm happy to see that, but I think that uh, obviously technology is moving on and so are so are all the industries. It's, it's going to be an all-digital world going forward at some point. So um, 
besides those collectors out there who have their libraries and their their uh, all their physical copies of everything. I, I've still got my CDs. I won't give them up. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, good conversation, ma'am. Um, I just thought that that was a little bit interesting, but that was pretty much your look at the microsoft xbox abk rabbit hole today it was a lot and like i said yeah, it just kept sucks ass kept going it yeah. sucks ass in a lot of ways right and um i don't know what to say you know again to all the human beings affected i do have empathy uh, i saw a lot of people trying to say you can't say anything else but have empathy for the human beings and that's not how i work uh, but I do have empathy for the human beings and I hope that everybody does find something. Um, again, I, I don't want to see people uh, out of work and families struggling. There's been enough of that over the past three years uh, that were out of people's control as well, that nobody had a choice in. It, it's, it's, it's one of the worst positions to be in when you are a family, when you are, yeah. when you are seeing your family, your kids, your pets, Whoever it is, your significant other, go through the emotions, go through uh, the struggles that happen when this stuff goes yeah. down. I, I don't, it, I don't wish it upon my worst enemy. It's, it's interesting so. too, like just, uh, and I, I got to get to some messages from the community uh, yeah. chat in here yeah. too. But uh, yeah. it just overall, like we all expect, like many, not everybody, but many of us expected that this was going to come with the after the ABK acquisition, right? But we didn't expect some of it, the end of what like is going on, and it, not necessarily the amount of people too. Um, I do feel like maybe Microsoft took, in a way, like okay, there's an ABK layoff, right? We're gonna kind of overall take a look at everything, and you know this is they're trying to include other layoffs that maybe they were already planning on and all this kind of stuff in one large thing, right? So what I'm hoping is there's no more of this from the Microsoft side, at least going forward for at least a while, unless the unless there's other changes in the economy and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I really think it's, it's kind of strange. Now the Microsoft's aspect is a little different because a lot of it has to do with redundancies with the acquisition, right? But what is going on with the rest of the industry as a whole in the video games is a little strange. Yes. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't necessarily translate to what's going on with video game sales. Right? And the health of the industry and the health of the gaming market right and so that's where it's been a little interesting across the board i do feel like this seems uh, and it has a bigger impact news wise because of the daily what seems like layoffs happening across the entire video game industry and then here comes microsoft who just was announced yesterday had hit uh, a three trillion market cap, and again today closed out at three million, right? Or three billion? Sorry, or trillion? Fuck! I mean, I, a billion, billion, trillion. Holy shit! I keep going up. It's a quadrillion? No, no, it's trillion. Three trillion <laughs> market cap, and they closed uh, today at that. <laughs> but One like billion you, <laughs> you have this the day after that yeah. news kind of came out, right? And then you have all these other things. It's just. It's just it lives overall. 
I will say, I think the tech industry, I think a lot of the industries, economy, economists, uh, shareholders, boards, all those kind of things, like sometimes there seems to be a trend of overreaction throughout industries. And I've you've seen this plenty of times in corporate worlds and businesses and stuff. And, and sometimes when start, you notice like when the news starts talking about the economy or the news starts talking about this and all of a sudden everybody starts freaking out and things go spiraling out of control and, and stuff. And it makes things worse almost because all the people stop spending money or people start doing this and it, and everything kind of grows even more from there. Right. But like it, it it's weird what's going on with gaming. Cause it's almost like, it's almost like, well, what's going on with gaming and we got to lay people off. We got to lay people off too. Oh no. Everybody's laying people off. We got to lay people off. But like, but then you have sales and success stories across the board. Then when they do their financials, they're they're usually celebrating like record profits, record revenues, all these kind of things all the time. It seems like it's been the way for a couple of years now for a lot of these companies, right? Not necessarily every single one, but like, um, I feel like if this wasn't going on across the whole industry as well, when Microsoft makes an announcement like this after acquisition and a merger, it's not like it's like it was more of just the expectation, right? About a reorganization. This is a transformational. We talk about it numerous times. Transformational acquisition, right? Now with a lot of the other surprises happened within here that caught me off guard for sure, and I wasn't expecting the numbers. I wasn't expecting it to be that many. Right. So overall, I think this is a little bit of an over potential correction, over rea- uh, reaction that combined with what's been going on with the rest of the industry as well. Um, and trying to streamline things, obviously. But I uh, d- we'll have to see how it plays out. U- ultimately, at the end of the day, like we said earlier, there's going to be lots of awesome news this year. There's going to be lots of awesome gaming news. 2023 was one of the best years ever in gaming, if not the best. 2024 is already shaping up to be as well. So, yep. you know, layoffs yep. are in the complete contrast to that, which is why I'm talking about this right now, because it just doesn't make any damn sense, right? right. Um, but it's a situation we're in. Things are changing, and it's just crazy interesting, man. I, like, I, I don't really understand it, but... I'm not a corporate schmuck either, so. <laughs> True. None of us you run know. million, billion, trillion dollar yeah, companies. 100%. No. Um, um, yeah, or, right. Way earlier. Yeah. yeah. Vic, the motherfucking click, member for yes. 18 months. Go, Vic. Uh, this was way early in the show. We, we, could, we couldn't really stop that conversation. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Vic, the motherfucking click, member for 18 months, said, Buenas tardes, mis amigos. Como están? Bien. You too? Good, um, you? I know that part. Yeah. <laughs> Good and you? I know that. Um, uh, the Moon Man, member for 13 months, said, Pong and Mav, you're awesome. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Let's go. Choo-choo, <laughs> motherfucker. You're awesome, too, Mr. Uh, the Moon Man, Moon a.k.a. Man, a.k.a. Spookies <laughs> in disguise. Um, bold Alpha Wolfpack also Gifted yes. five fun speculation memberships. Choo choo, motherfucker. Pull it off a wolf pack. Yo, pull up a wolf pack. Let's go. We're up to box 
2.5. That's right. The hype train is rolling through the Fun Speculation Network. Hype train is going to be headed towards a town near you. Get out to that train station. Get there early because you're going to have to jump early to get on board this. But we've added another new car. The seats, the four-point harnesses, they're ready for you. You just got to jump on, get buckled up, and get ready because it's coming. Choo-choo, motherfucker. Bold Alpha Wolfpack with the easy $5 layup. The bomb. He shoveled some coal, and we are on a roll. Let's go, Mav. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, man. Appreciate you, Bold. Well, yeah. I know I didn't shout out the chat earlier because we kind of rolled into this. I just wanted to take a quick moment. Chat, love you all. Um, Normally do the chat shout out just like Steele and I do on Saturday mornings at Living Split Screen. It's always an important part. We just kind of rolled into this because we got so much to talk about. Um, and we just kind of rolled. So I, I do apologize for not doing the shout out, but I see every single one of you. You guys are all freaking amazing for showing up. And again, nothing but love and respect to all of you. And I'm sure you guys, by the looks of it, are just having fantastic discussions. There's a lot of news. This is the community that we built, man. This is why I love this, man. Between between here, between living split screen, it's all the same. We're all part of the fam. But we have people who like discussing the higher stuff at points too. like the tough stuff needs to be discussed and it's not, you know, it's not filled with vitriol. It's not doom and gloom. Even though some people have accused of us doom and gloom in the past, that's not who we are. We simply have to talk about this stuff because to us, even the negative stuff that happens in this industry is important. It is, it is on a, uh, again, outside of the human cost factor it is a fascinating time to be around video gaming industry because of how much evolution is actually happening before our eyes stuff that we don't even see behind the scenes is coming to fruition not all of it's always going to be good change is always hard especially for a lot of us human beings we are creatures of habit and we never want you know change feels wrong to us or it feels like oh my god i don't want to do this But this is what's going on. The number one entertainment industry in the world, still growing in some ways, right? Still wildly successful is seeing things from a tech standpoint, from a consumer standpoint, from a content standpoint, really change live right in front of us. And there's not too many times in history where you get to be a part of an industry like that to see that go down. And that's why Mav and I, when we first got together and started talking about this stuff, I knew instantly he 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 was going to be one of my dudes because he and I talked that same way about this industry starting three years ago plus. And now we're seeing a lot of these things that we've been speculating on happen. um, And we're just super excited for it. But the community itself that comes here week in and week out, you guys are, a lot of you are the same way. Even if you disagree with us, it is pointed conversation. It is pointed discussion. It is not personal. It is not toxic. It is none of that nonsense. It is just straight out people who have that kind of level of interest showing up and, and talking about this stuff, whether in the chat or live like me and Mav. So appreciate every single one of you for doing this, man. That's why we, we started this whole thing. Love you guys. Love y'all. Um, Mav. Power. Power World. Power World. Oh, Power World time? Are we, we, we going to sign off and play? What's going on? <laughs> oh. No, we're not going to sign off and play. Oh, okay. Uh, let's just start this. We'll just start 
2024 being well we've already started it 2024 yeah, uh, wild start that was like <laughs> we're not going to talk about the third party stuff we've already discussed that yeah. portion that was just a part of what's already happened this year right the discussion that microsoft yeah. and now obviously last week sony going third party um that discussion already happened we're not gonna we're not gonna go back over that the layoffs are current stuff that's going on we're gonna talk about that we just did uh, that's all of already what happened in 2024. But now let's get to the fun part. The palate cleansing has begun, chat. Okay, we just got through that high level, kind of some somewhat disappointing, depressing talk about what we got today. But let's talk about exactly the exciting stuff that has kicked off this year. 2024 has started out nuclear. Mm -hmm. Mav and I had a show, I think in... Was it December? It was maybe in November. We might have talked about it. What we speculated 2024 was going to be like. We we got ahead of the curve a little bit and talked about how we thought, just looking at the stuff we knew and some of the stuff we kind of thought maybe that 2024 could match or potentially in a lot of areas surpass 2023. And you say, no way. 2023 was a goat. Well, 2024, from a game standpoint, kicked in the motherfucking door and said, I heard you all were doubting that we could come even close to 2023's level. Well, I'm here to tell you, look out, because I'm here now, and I've got some really crazy, awesome things for you in January. <laughs> That some of you are not going to expect. And one of those things, obviously, is the phenomenon. I think it's right to call it a phenomenon at this point. There is no mistake. This isn't this isn't a memed game that just went viral. This isn't something that was necessarily a flash in a pan for a couple days while everybody played it. And then everybody said, ah, now that I played it, you know, for 10, 15 hours, just eh, it's kind of worn off its welcome. Pal World has absolutely dominated the conversation from the moment it dropped for the past, what now, week, Mav? Yeah. It's been one week? Yeah, about a week. Week? A little over a week? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a week. Uh, Eight million plus sold copies. I don't think they announced nine yet, did they, Mav? I might have missed I, it again. I haven't I seen... No. Okay. So eight million plus copies outpacing Pokemon Arceus which is considered one of the goats outpacing that in sales outpacing most things in sales. Let's be real breaking records on steam hit over 2 million concurrent players to take the number two spot away from what map CS go, right? Yeah. Counter-Strike. Taking away the number two spot from Counter Strike and only leaving PUBG left at 3.2 million. And they did it midweek, Mav. Mid freaking week. Not a weekend when they usually hit, when games normally hit their records. Midweek. Pal World is something else that nobody saw coming or very few at all saw even hinting that it was going to be anywhere near this. The devs themselves have done interviews in which they have said things that if true, you got to say to yourself, there's no way that this game should even exist right now. 
They literally didn't have a budget for this game. They just spent until the money was gone. They didn't know the basics in some instances yeah. of game design. They had never worked with Unreal Engine 5 before. The main dude was supposedly learning how to optimize the game in Unreal Engine 5 in the final couple of weeks leading up to the launch. <laughs> There's no fathomable way with all the people that tell us it's a miracle. And we're talking about these AAA companies, these giant publishers, these devs who work for some of the biggest game franchises in the world come out and continuously tell us what a miracle it is that we have any games at all. This company shows yeah. up with a little game called Power World. Again, admittedly, not shying away yeah. from it, taking obvious influence from one of the biggest franchises out there in Pokemon, but also mixing in Ark or any other survival game that you love in there. All these different mechanics from these different games that is just a hodgepodge of madness. And yet they somehow pulled it all off into a playable game that at its core mouth is fun, <laughs> which is again, something that people forget. Gotta say this too. Shout out to Steel Rain, my brother from another who is now Pal World famous, Mav. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I, I was just but, seeing uh, <laughs> that on Twitter, bro. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steel had put out a tweet the day it launched on Pal World, and Steel's been on the, the Pal World train. Now, he even admits he was overhyping it just because he thought it was going to be fun and, you know, he was being funny. He overhyped his excitement. But he he has been on the train early on that he was going to play this day one because he's a Pokemon fan. And this was given in him everything that Pokemon didn't ever evolve into. And so he was excited for this game. But he put out a day one tweet where he all simple. It's just him on camera with the Pokemon uh, menu music, the title music in the background. And he and he, and he simply it's him dancing. And he says, why that Power World music slapping like this, though? Steel in all of his bald headedness, <laughs> just there dancing like a fool on camera. So, just a little bit ago, seven twenty-eight p.m. Central Standard Time today, Bucky, the community manager that everybody knows well from yeah. Pal World, tweeted out and said, "Remind quote tweeted Steel's tweet and said, reminder that this is the best Pal World tweet.' <laughs> <laughs> That's great, dude. It is great. Um, but yeah, Pal World uh, for." Everything that I said has really shaken up the industry. We have conversations about AI going on, even though that was proven to not necessarily be true. But there's now bigger discussions about AI usage going on, Mav. There is discussions about what is, you know, stealing from another game and what isn't. Um, we have had discussions showing um, really people's true colors about how we do have a portion, at least in this community of gamers who really do believe, at least as far as what they say, that graphics are everything to them in a game and gameplay and fun don't matter. And that this game isn't worth anybody's time and nobody should be talking about it. So it's exposed a ton of people. Um, it has shaken up bigger developers who spend $300 million plus we now know on AAA games that would love to sell 8 million copies in its first week. 
There are AAA games with giant budgets that don't ever sell 8 million copies, even after years on the market. Pal World has done a ton here, Mav, and nobody saw it coming, or very few did. Um, we've talked about our experiences in Pal World, but to kick off 2024, Mav, we, we did this last year too. They're always have to make a year a goat year. And again, for some of you who weren't necessarily old enough to remember the 360 PS3 era or even further back, the PS2, PS1, you know, any of those eras, if you weren't around, when, when us old timers who have been doing this for a long time think about our favorite gaming years, all of those have one, a couple things in common. One, big games hit the way that they're supposed to. And two, there are surprises from left field that yeah. nobody saw coming. And then, of course, three, you've got a lot of quality content in between there from AA, from indie, from everywhere that just kind of fills in all the gaps. Now, we're in a different era. Don't have a whole lot of gaps. There's constantly new games dropping. But same principles tend to apply. Last year, we got all of those, right, Mav? Power World Absolutely. fits that mold. Yeah. Power World fits that mold right here with the surprise hit of the year already. Continues a trend also, Mav, of one game coming out early in the new year that takes off and kind of dominates conversations. We had Elden Ring. We had Hogwarts Legacy. And now we got Power World. But Power World is even on a different level. It's up there with Elden Ring. It's beat Elden Rings on concurrent players, but I'm just talking about conversation-wise. i got to say it's probably up there with Elden Ring for how many people are talking about this game. Mav, what do you think Power World has done here to start 2024? And we're going to talk about some of the other stuff that happened today, uh, this week with reviews uh, going out and these great games that we're getting so early. But Power World for you, Mav, obviously I don't think I'm, I'm wrong in saying it's a phenomenon, um, but for you personally, when you look at this, the start of 2024, what has it done? What are you seeing as far as conversations go that's interesting that Power World is kind of forcing or directing or, you know, just kind of influencing? What What do you think about this start, man? Yeah, it's uh, it's been very, crazy interesting to watch because there's been so much negativity against it as well. Yes. Right? Yes. And usually you don't have that against like a success story like this. Especially a smaller um, team, and stuff. yeah. Especially, yeah. It's a small yeah. team that <laughs> didn't expect to have this kind of success on their game. Game blows up, it becomes a monster, and everybody's playing it. Then, then you have like people like, "Oh, hold on, this isn't fair." You know, I, I that's this is kind of the first time I think I've seen that. Um, and some of it comes from the Pokemon stuff. Some of it comes from people trying to claim that they're cheating because they're using AI and stuff like that with like a lot of this stuff kind of being debunked uh, as well. Um, and overall, you've seen almost as much people like in social media trying to deter people away from playing it. Meanwhile, the because of the kind of market that this game has, like it's a largely casual market that is going to appeal to people of all ages uh but it's also going to grab serious gamers as well like it, it's has this wide-ranging appeal and all this negative train stuff has no impact right the same kind of 
agenda agenda based um writing and uh people that are go out on hate trains and like a hive mind mentality stuff and all these kind of things have not been able to deter power world from just absolutely crushing it and sales and concurrent players breaking records um the same kind of virginia based writing and social media that does a lot of negative to the industry i feel like hasn't been able to have this effect on this game so in a way it's been interesting to see that on a, on a game like this but it's also been interesting to see this game be like fuck it we are who we are and we're going to succeed and we're 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 selling like crazy despite all you people and we don't really give a damn what what you say look at all those players we're going to celebrate every step of the way right um and it's awesome to see. So I hate the I hate the hive mind mentality aspect of, of the games media, the agenda based stuff where people pick and choose what's acceptable and what's not. People pick and choose what to tolerate and what not. People pick and choose what should be championed and what should not, uh, based on personal feelings and all that kind of stuff. Um I'll tell you Overall, my impression of this game from playing it was it's in game preview, so it's nowhere near done, right? Correct. They said sixty percent done according to them. <laughs> right. The <laughs> quality that they put out with from a small team on a game which has a big kind of scope to it is super impressive. Now I've seen like people like oh it's kind of like a jank type thing or whatever, it's it's pretty quality overall for the size of the team and what they're doing. Like I've played a lot of janky games before, right? Um, I'm I'm impressed what they're able to accomplish with this game for a small team, building something like this, right? Uh, that it has so many systems in place, so many different things. It is engaging as fuck. It is addicting as hell right like um i do not like pokemon games i have tried to get into pokemon <laughs> i i like you i was maybe just slightly older than that like when it became popular i never got into it i there was a couple things i've played before where i kind of liked like the 64 uh game that came out where it was like a more of like a fighting game like a battle game or whatever Oh, Pokemon um, Arena. Yeah, that one. I kind of liked that one. Yeah. It's okay. I still wasn't like, oh my god, it's amazing. Like I, there, I, I've tried time and time again. I oh, got, not Arena Stadium. Before the chat corrects me, Pokemon Stadium. There we yeah. go. Yeah, I remember playing some Pokemon on the 3DS, even trying to get into it, and it's it's never clicked with me. Like I just can't, I can't get into it. This instantly grabbed me because of the survival aspect, but it's not. It's not like a in-the-face difficult survival game, right? So there's like no. different kinds of survival games out there. I feel like there's ones where you spawn into, you load into, and it's like, yeah, you have nothing, you have no what to do, and it's just immediately hard, right? Correct. And it's just yeah. meant to kick your ass from the get-go, right? The tutorial in this game, man, five like yeah. five hours to show you all the basics, which is right. Great. Yeah, I mean, like it walked me through. I still had to ask you guys for help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the best for anybody who doesn't know 
Bab could not figure out how to play this 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 let's face it more kids game and I was dying because he was in our DMs like I don't understand how this uh, how I got to find this stuff I can't find this stuff to improve my base and I'm like have you gone and explored well I've gone a little ways and I'm like oh my god man this is an open world game get out there and so we walked him through we got to do a party chat and walked him through it oh god it's classic yeah uh which thing yeah and those fuckers weren't there the last time I was over there, man. I'm telling you, they, they did not see those. They're they there exist. all the damn time. No, you didn't, didn't go down the hill far enough. Uh, it's all you didn't do. You were scared. I, I was. I was being a little bitch. I, I got to admit, I was being a little bitch, and I didn't go far enough away from my base. I kept coming back to the base, working on my stuff, and then I kept going out and coming back. I didn't go far enough. That was my problem. Um. But overall, like it's been engaging. It's been fun as hell to play. I haven't played co-op at all. I've just been playing by myself and having a blast. I, I've, um, I, I'm not as far as I should be because I've just been playing it like in this super like managing my base type way and going out and adventuring every once in a while. I, I uh, am in the first boss dungeon now, kind of exploring the dungeon, all the nooks and crannies of that and stuff, and. Um, enjoying that, but yeah, I'm I'm loving what they're doing with the game. It's so different and original because it takes aspects away from Pokemon, mm -hmm. like and like the sure, concept of, of it and the kinds of characters yeah. that you catch and stuff. But like it implements them in a different way, whether you're 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 using them at your base for different stuff, you know, like you're throwing them out there to help you fight. You're doing um, other stuff, like you can ride them, and you have like all, there's like so many different things with this game. Uh, that they're doing and the, and the combat can be kind of fun and engaging as well. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, man, it's just, it's just fun to play, dude. Like it's fun and engaging and that's what I want from a game and it doesn't feel like it's running like shit. I don't have a lot of problems when I'm playing it. Like I've seen, yeah, it's early access and a lot of people are, are having little things here and there, but I personally haven't really run into anything yet. You know, um, the only thing is like, uh, the only thing I'll say, I've run into one thing where, like, I got raided by these damn guys, and I captured mm -hmm. two of them, and then they yeah. didn't lose the red thing over their head for, like, two days, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, like, they were yeah. still on my team or whatever, and this one motherfucker keeps breaking his damn leg. <laughs> it's like, stop breaking your <laughs> leg. I don't know why you keep getting fractures, dude, you know? Like, uh... he's got he's got weak bones. I don't know, man, but, like, um, other than that, it's just been a blast, dude, but it's been... uh. It's been awesome to see a game like this kind of just take off despite yeah. what seemed like people being like, this is so weird. This is such a bad game. Why do people like it? Or like, why is all this? And why is all this? And like, oh, they're just completely stole from Pokemon. Oh, this game is made by using AI. All this stuff. It doesn't deserve this kind of success. Even like developers. Some developers oh, yeah. like developers are salty as fuck out. They're here, like, man. how can I spend six years? of my life and not and, and put out a game and right. do like a fraction of what this does. Like they don't, they don't get right. it. They don't understand. Right. But fuck them. Like, I don't, I who well, cares. Fun Mav. People yeah. have forgotten fun. Yes. That's what they've forgotten. Again, yeah. we talked about this so many damn times. It's great to have games that push boundaries and tech when it comes to graphics and fidelity and all of this stuff. It's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I love the games that do that. Right. Cyberpunk in all of its glory on a 4090 is ridiculous, okay? I love 
you know, even the ray tracing that's worthless in most games. I love that there's people pushing that forward. But at its core, there's a lot of people, gamers included, developers included, obviously the higher ups at publishers and stuff that have forgotten. And I love when games like Vampire Survivors or Pal World come along and flip the table over and remind everybody yet again, start with the fun factor and work your way out. That's what you have to do. Screw the monetization, screw all the nonsense, screw the highest graphics ever, all of that nonsense. Start with the fun factor. Ask yourselves, is this game fun? And if you can make it addicting on top of it, if you can make the addicting loop on top of it, double bonus for y'all. But start with the fun. Yep. And then build the rest of the game around it. And you will find success because gamers are longing for pure and simple fun. Not all of them. Again, there are some there are some people out here, again, that I don't know how much they actually love gaming at the end of the day. I think that they are gamers, but they are so narrow-minded in what constitutes a worthy game of their time that I don't I can't put myself in their shoes. Again, I Freely admit, I have what I have the opposite. I have this broad range of things that I find worthy of my time. So, yes, do I have maybe too much? Sure. That's why I'm a grazer. That's why I don't finish a lot of games, but that's how I play and I, I'm enjoying myself. And at the end of the day, that's all it's about. But man, the fun factor is what it's all about. So I love when games do this. Pal World came at the perfect time, Mav, when we're starting to hear conversations in the industry that budgets are out of control that triple a games are not sustainable that there's going to be have to be changes somewhere down the road um to kind of pull back the reins on where this is all going before it all implodes especially again the triple a side of things i love when these small indie double a games come along and say you know what screw all of your internal testing and all of your logarithms and all of this data sets that you have about what's going to make your game enjoyable. Look at the Spider-Man slides. If you don't believe me, they don't do that. Look at the Spider-Man slides that were leaked. You can go find the slides. You don't have to look at Spider-Man and spoil it. Go look at the slides on how they develop their games internally in Insomniac. And again, Insomniac, I consider them one of the best in the business of what they do, even though I personally don't need to play their games. But go look at those slides and how they break it down, how they're going to keep you in the game according to their experts. This team just went out with zero plans, if you listen to the interviews, basic plans, and developed the game based on fun factor and threw in and somehow got an addictive loop into it with all the different mechanics gave it a sandbox world mav it's one thing i want to point out the sandbox world as much as people complain about big open worlds if you do it right and this game does it right because exploration is rewarded this is what you get people love the freedom but again eight million sold in a week that's with that's just on steam alone that's on PC alone. That doesn't count anybody that's bought it on an Xbox. The concurrent players don't count the Xbox side of things. We know this. The fact is, is that somebody, or I should say everybody 
is finding something in this game that they enjoy. I've seen people have these crazy bases, Mav. I haven't gotten close to being this far yet where they set up full factory production lines, right? Yeah. Crazy. Tell me this. They break rules, Mav. What kind of monster capturing game allows you to capture the bosses you're fighting? Yep. And count Crazy. that as a win. <laughs> <laughs> that breaks the rules, Mav. You're not supposed to do that. The bosses are there to beat you silly or to give you a challenge. And in this game, you can capture them and put them to work on your base or take them out and have them fight for you. It's little things like that. Again, it's a big mix. Some of it doesn't make sense how it should all work together. And yet, Pocket Pair Games, shout out to that entire team that put this together, somehow found the formula and mixed it into magic. Pal World ain't going anywhere. It's not a flash in the pan. Now, they could screw up. They've got things that they need to work on, but they put out the roadmap the other day. Again, something that even AAA games don't do this early on. Sometimes they put out a roadmap and said, here's where we're going to focus. Due to success, we understand we've got responsibilities. This is what we're going to work on. This is what we what we have planned for the future with PvP and all that. kind." They gave us that. They could screw it all up. We've seen that happen in the past. Games start fast and then they don't fix the right things. Outriders. And things fall apart because people aren't going to keep coming back if you keep not fixing what they need to be fixed. But if this team does that, this game's going to be around. This game actually has the potential at this point to become a franchise for this little development studio. And they could turn this into something that's big. I'm not going to go out there and say like Fortnite, but I'm going to say something that's sustainable that people keep coming back to. This is easily a game that can be expanded added to they can get partnerships and bring in other characters from other games they can do so much the sky is the limit for pocket pair and pal world this is the way we talked about Mav. that 2020 and we didn't know pal world was going to be the game but pal world certainly ignited 2024 right out the gate and it's just amazing it, it, it's just a blast yeah. this is what i love about gaming Games coming from anywhere at any time from small to big studios that just absolutely change the conversation or create a phenomenon that everybody has to talk about. Everybody has to play. It can come from anywhere in this industry. You don't have to have $300 million budgets to be successful. That's the best part about this industry. Shout out to Pocket yeah. Absolutely it's love it. It's an amazing story to see. And like you said, it's helping to get uh, 2024 kicked off in an amazing way with games right uh you also had prince of persia which had come out uh last week that was which next to my list was prince of persia yes absolutely an awesome game i haven't played as much of it as i want to but what i have played i'm i'm really enjoying i i like those kind of games but yeah what did you have to say about prince of persia Bong? no i i mean again i downloaded it you guys already know i downloaded tried it played the first level yeah. i don't do metroidvanas don't do platformers uninstalled it but Again, me as a gamer doing this for a long time, I can still tell quality. I don't hate yeah. on games that aren't for me. I know why people are loving this game. When you've got the grubs and the other people out here that are Metroidvania fans saying that this last year would have been in their game of the year category last year, 2023, you know, you got yourself one hell of a game and shout out to Ubisoft again, learning lessons, Mav. 
doesn't have to always be big giant budget production type games that come along and are successful for you. You don't have to chase trends. This is not a trend chasing game. This is a game that's built on the basics and does the basics to a freaking fantastic level that the people who enjoy these types of games absolutely appreciate and they're getting their flowers as it should be. Again, you said it, Mav, that really started the year off coming out the gate. Uh, I think it's sitting at 87 or 88 on Metacritic. Yeah. Overall, people are agreeing with the critics on this one and saying this is a freaking fantastic game and what a way to start. Solid Metroidvania. Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. what... It, it's awesome to see Ubisoft do a game like this, too. Right? Like, you have all of their stuff that we've criticized them before and before trying to figure all these different things out and stuff, you know, like uh, taking forever on some of these games that like skull and bones is going to finally come out. Right. Um, which they released a roadmap for that today as well, which is cool to see. It's like, fi finally things are coming together for them and that you had this project, which is opposite of every kind of other thing that they're doing. Right. Which shows them, I think, you know, these things can be successful. They can, bring good attention to you as well right so i hope i hope it sells well and I, I hope that it continues to be um talked about throughout the year because it is a solid game for sure absolutely uh 1000% and then mav 2024 continues right um because we also start getting review scores for Tekken 8, which was launching today. And uh and the um uh they were allowed to oh god, what is it called? Oh, I can't I can't think right now. I had so much on my mind. Um what's the waiting period before they can drop the review scores called? Jesus. Embargo. Yeah, embargo, thank you. Yeah, oh my god. Um the embargo lifted on Tekken 8. We talked about last year, Mav, the resurgence of fighting games, right? The absolute comeback that is the fighting game genre that had you know largely in yeah. a lot of ways disappeared it started with i you know street fighter 5 not being um everywhere uh being locked down console exclusive to playstation um and it just seemed like outside of mortal kombat again mortal kombat was the seller that fighting games just weren't i mean they had still had a great esports you know seasons there were still people out there you know, all that was still there but the general public was not playing fighting games and then last year we got this deluge actually starting in in 2022 of fighting game franchises making their returns having new games come out and it really culminated through all of last year ending with mortal kombat 1 the return and then we were also at that time seeing Tekken 8 for the first time being shown off. There was smoke that it was going to come out by the end of 2023. And we were like, oh my God, we're actually going to get Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and Tekken in the same year. Like, that's crazy. They, of course, pushed it, which seems like it was a good decision. Yeah. But the more and more that people got to play Tekken 8, the people that got early access to it started whispering. 
with the story now included, which Tekken never really has done a full fledged story with all the accessibility features, some of the most impressive accessibility features you will ever find in any game, let alone a fighting game. The overall graphical update to Tekken, the leap from seven to this. And let me take a look here real quick. I got to see where it's currently at. Let's see here. I always use, I like to use open critic because it yeah. takes in everything. Uh, Tekken open critic. Um, let's see where we're at. Tekken eight open critic. Let's see where it sits right today. So as of right now, it has locked itself in with 79 reviews. Uh, according to open critic, it is sitting at a 90. Oh, a 90. Nice. Yeah. Not as high as street fighter. And admittedly, Street Fighter sales were a little bit lower than I expected them to be. Supposedly, Mortal Kombat 1 did pretty damn good in sales, but hasn't had the legs that maybe Mortal Kombat 11 did. Some people have been talking. Yeah. Ripe time for Tekken 8 to drop. As you heard me say in the beginning of the show, I don't buy fighting games day one anymore, even though I love to buy them later on and I play them and I just like going through the AI and just any story modes that they have. I love playing these games. I love bet mashing. I just love beating up the computer. I don't care. I just ain't built that way for com competitive fighting games anymore. Used to be back in the day a little bit, but not so much anymore. But man, a 90, a Tekken 8. This is the highest one since I believe uh, Tekken 3 when I looked at. Highest rated one since Tekken 3 or Tekken 4. What a way to start, Mav. The fighting yeah. genre continues. Tekken 8. Steel and I are on record saying that we think this will be the best selling of the fighting games to come out uh, since last year. What do you think about that, Mav? I think it has, I think it has a good chance because it... Yeah. It's already it's it's reviewing well. I think that there's like this kind of re um e engagement with excitement for Tekken. Um they've been doing a great job with the marketing. Um they've had that demo come out that a lot of people loved as well. Um it, people are a little bit getting back into the fighting game scene a little bit more cuz the other good fighting games that have come out. So I think this one has a chance to kind of carry that forward. It's coming out a good a good time also early this year. So it has a chance to carry it forward uh, the whole year as well as people talk about it. Um, they have seemed like they have a decent roadmap of uh, stuff coming up as well. Um, I'm pumped for it, dude. I, I talked about this last year quite a bit. I was excited for yeah. the companies treating these fighting games and these other genres, like with the respect they deserve. Again, I felt mm -hmm. like Mortal Netherrealm did a good job last generation, but across the board, the rest of the industry didn't really, it seemed like the budgets were smaller on the fighting games and, and some other genres as well. And it's like, it's like now you're seeing them treat these as bigger, better properties. Like they used to be like, these used to be like some of the biggest games out there, you know? Right. And they kind of got, Oh, now they're niche, you know, now and the last Tekken game was good, you know, but, been a while and the graphics on it were not the end game especially in fighting like we're just they just weren't that great just gonna be honest you know like this one has really pushed up the um the uh fidelity the quality uh, in lots of different directions they do a whole they've blown it out like you said doing the whole full-blown story on it 
as well. Like, Mortal Kombat 1 didn't sell as much right out the gate, I think, as uh, to their expectations or as, as 11 did. Mm-hmm. You're right. However, right. man, that was the best fucking Mortal Kombat story I ever played. Like, that, yeah. that was, like, the campaign oh, all the it. way through. I loved it, yeah. was loved just it. absolutely amazing. Um, Mortal Kombat 1 will always be there for me, like, as a memorable fighting game experience just because of the campaign. Uh, Street Fighter 6 completely rewrote the script on what Street Fighter is, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, changed things, went full into, like, this crazy open-world-style mode and stuff, and... Then they do uh, different systems with the online and, and all this other stuff. So I love seeing these fighting game franchises really try and bring it. And even Street Fighter didn't sell as much as we thought it should have. I think that yeah. Capcom still sees it as a big success. Like they're celebrating, oh, I'm sure. I'm they're sure. celebrating these sales marks, right? So yeah. Um, Mortal Capcom's Kombat. in a position they can do that now. Yeah. They got plenty of other stuff cooking too. So this is good for them. This is great. Yeah. 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 yeah I just want to see this game succeed because I want to see companies like I, I want to see Bandai Namco, right? Be like, well, look at how the, you know, a, a Tekken did. And like, I want to mm-hmm. do Soul Calibur big again. Yep. You know, alive. yeah. And then, yeah. Then you see, I want to see Koei Tecmo be like, well, look how. Yep. Great. Those That's games right. did. And I want to bring Dead or Alive back. Then I want Sega to be like, well, look how those games are doing. Let's bring back Virtua Fighter. <laughs> you know? Uh, like, they're supposed to bring back Internal Champions, which yeah. is a win for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Virtual Fighter is something that a lot of people. And, the, and then if other games are successful in these, like established on, maybe you have more new entries into the ring, right? Like the PS2 era. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Yes, like, there was, PS2 era for so fighters. Many oh, my fucking, God. like, crazy different fighting games yes. like coming out all the time yes. and and just other kinds of genres too you know and yes. that's where we got some of these franchises that we love from was mm-hmm. these companies trying and doing different things and really pushing the boundaries so when the, you have one of these established ones before like they kind of did last generation a little bit kind of like okay we're treating this as lesser than yes. you know we're treating this not yeah. as like it's not a triple A. We're not treating it like that anymore. We're just a small budget, small team, you know, just, just kind of, you know, less, less effort, you know, put it out there for the, for the fans of the franchise. When you just treat it like that, it doesn't help establish the genre to be, be what it can be, you know? Um, and seeing this, it just really cements it that this is doing it the right way. And I'll fucking love seeing that. Cause we got three kick ass fighting games in a row. Mm hmm. Like that's it's been a while since we've been able to say that. And correct. And I, yeah. I just remember in the back of my head. I remember in the back of my head, Pong. I don't think it's over yet because uh, Ed Boon. They had had more than nope. one project in the works. Yep. They had more than one project. And it, it, supposedly, the Mortal Kombat wasn't supposed to be the first one out. Like, it was, but it was. So, what is the other one, and when is it coming? You know, like I, I'm really excited for tech and i can't wait to play it as soon as we're done with the show absolutely that's what we're both going to be doing after the show no diablo tonight i'm playing tech and eight uh for a bit before i go to bed um yeah i'm so excited for tech and eight um i do want soul caliber as my favorite probably my overall favorite fighting franchise to come back um in a big way i would love to see it uh but i just love to see tech and again all you got to do is 
yeah. know that I purchased it day one, which I would never do because of how impressed I was with the demo and from everything I've seen. Like this is a different level tech and steals in the chat shout out to steel um he's loving every bit of it jasper saying that there's current uh currently reporting that the online is broken um at least over on the steam side of thing people are unhappy that's never good you don't want that to happen yeah. for those people that love playing online and that's the big majority of fighters so they got to get that fixed up real quick but overall quality of this game is off the charts like i can't believe it um so i'm happy to see tekken 8 but mav if power world wasn't enough in itself and prince of persia showing up as an early small game potential game of the year contender wasn't enough if tekken 8 showing up and changing everything from tekken 7 and winding up at a 90 on open critic to start the year wasn't enough for you a game that we both want to play but we've already given our lineup before. You might still do it because I know you and you might still hop into this. But a game that I am going to eventually play also dropped Mav to rave reviews. Yeah. It's a giant game according to everybody who's played it. You can easily put in over 100 hours in this game. People are calling it one of the greatest RPGs they've played in the past decade or two. And this is all the, from the second game in a franchise that Sega showed up with that was supposed to be the side piece to Yakuza when they dropped Like a Dragon, right? To early, what, two, three years ago? Yeah. It was almost launch. Was it a launch title or was it right around launch for, for, the, for the current gen, right? It was like it was right around time. three years ago, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was right around, yeah. Yeah. It was somewhere around there. Like a Dragon introduced Ichiban, a new character, different from the Yakuza franchise. They The first game, they turned into a turn-based Yakuza, and people fell in love with Ichiban, fell in love with the world, fell in love with the characters, and even people who didn't like turn-based, like we saw with Baldur's Gate 3, for people who tried like a dragon, a lot of them actually liked the turn-based combat because it was more of an action turn-based, kind of quick, they developed a franchise that suddenly, popularity-wise, seemingly has matched or surpassed Yakuza, the original. In fact, it did so much for Sega that they did a terrible decision, in my humble opinion, Sega. Please listen to me. But they decided that all Yakuza going forward is also going to be called Like a Dragon. I don't like this naming convention. I never will. But anyways... So, of course, they come back with the sequel launching now like a dragon. Infinite wealth shows up, Mav. Yeah. And for all the quotes that I was talking about, open critic, 80 critic reviews, holding a 90 as well, Mav. For freaking like a dragon game that, again, is giant, according to people. Gene yeah. Park had great conversations about it online, talking about it. There are multiple games within this game yeah like they they're, they're like you can go play that island part where you kind of like it's 
it's basically like uh what's the what's the big one on Nintendo? I always forget the name. What's the big uh the where you grow your crops and everything? What what is that called? Oh, Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah Animal Crossing. Yeah. They actually have an Animal Crossing game in here that Gene Park said you literally could put a couple hundred hours into if you enjoy the gameplay. Within the game. And of course, as like all Yakuza's and like a dragon, you have all the side content that you could choose to do or not do or do bits of it. But everybody's saying the main story is one of the best RPGs they've ever played. Everybody loves Ichiban as a character. Supposedly, this game is phenomenal. This is on my list. I will be buying it eventually when it goes on sale. When I have a moment to sit down and start playing it, I played about 60, 50, 60 hours, I want to say, in the first Like a Dragon. Of course, mm -hmm. didn't finish it, but played it, absolutely adored the game, want to go back to it at some point. But man, math. So if all those other three weren't enough to start off 2024, here comes like a dragon with a freaking 90 with people going game of the yeah. year contender best rpg in decades what do you think about this happening I've, this really another one <laughs> i want to play man like i right <laughs> um i the yakuza games in general i haven't played a whole lot of them and i haven't like honestly I haven't finished any of them like sure um i got, I got the whole series too <laughs> yeah i've i played um my favorite though was and i've played the most of like a dragon right it was a turd base. It was kind of crazy over the top. Like, and I just loved the gameplay in that, but I also love the story. I thought the story is like excellent, right? Phenomenal. Um, Phenomenal writing. And I, I saw this and it, like, I got confused by the trailers because right. of the games within a game thing. You I was like, <laughs> I'm thinking like, okay, this is like an animal crossing, like riff of, of Yakuza. Well, we were, we were watching know? it. And I thought I was like, they lied to us. Like the game's not, Yakuza, it's a, yeah. it's a completely like an Animal so Crossing just, game, but we still loved what we saw yeah. too. We were like, dude, this looks awesome. Yeah, go ahead. So that's just a piece of it. So like, it, I don't know, man. I'm I'm like really wanting to play this damn game. Like, it's just so, so again, we talked about this earlier. Fun. Yes. Right? Like this game fun. screams originality and fun and just like let loose and do and play a great story, have fun with the gameplay, do stupid stuff. Like it just may, might make you smile and laugh a lot, but also like has probably a, like the first. If it's anything like the other, like a dragon, then it will have a good serious story behind it too, right? So yes. yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to giving it a go at some point. Yeah, and, but the only problem is too but damn much, man. Too, right there's uh, too damn much right like again i'm not complaining because i love options i it's a me it's a, it's a personal problem that i enjoy so many games and that i can't stop myself yeah, from same. wanting to play so many games right it's just a me that i like i said those very narrow focus people i can't put my shoes in but the people who seem to have a nice balance where maybe they're playing like three games at a time, but they're really kind of focused on those three games and they really do that. Like, I wish I was like that. I just don't have that capability. I want to try everything, basically. Like, yes, I don't like rhythm games and Souls games. I'm not going to do outside of Elden Ring, which I did play longer than any other one. So I have my things that where I say, nah, I don't need that. You know, Spider-Man, don't need to play that. God of War, nah, I don't need to play it. Eventually, it'll come to PC. Maybe I'll try it. So I have very select, but I just have so much. I have such a wide variety, and I look at these games, Mav, and I'm just like, yeah, I want to play that. 
Yes, I want to play that. Oh my God, I want to play that. Again, case in point, the four games that I've got lined up in the next two weeks. Like, that's stupid. Like, I shouldn't, <laughs> it shouldn't be that way, but I am. And now on top of it, I've got Pal World, which I yeah. wasn't expecting. Way too many games, but I'm happy for it. This is exactly what we talked about, Mav. The gaming industry is catching up from the pandemic. A lot of this stuff would have been out a year, year and a half earlier than it's certainly coming out now because of the pandemic. A lot of that's part of this too, this buildup that we saw start in 2023 and carry over to 2024. And you and I both believe 2025 will look like this as well. Yeah, but it's not stopping. But it's not stopping, but this is crazy. Um to have 2024 kick off this way from basically the jump from, from the opening bell of 2024 January to have this much lined up the first week of February to have things lined up through February. And then it just keeps rolling. Cause you've got dragon's dogma too. You've got all this stuff that's coming in the next couple of months that is going to be massive that we all think are going to be huge hits. This is this is why we said 2023 or 2024 potentially had the makeup with even without the big, big stuff like your Zeldas, like your Starfields, like your Spider-Mans, even without the big franchises there from the biggest studios, it still has the potential overall to even surpass 2023. And I yeah. think right now I'm feeling pretty good about our prediction, man feeling pretty damn good how this has started man yeah. um february ain't letting up either man so no you know. that's what i'm saying it's gonna keep rolling man what a time to be a gamer a again outside of you know the, the other side of it is that we got a lot of negativity bad stuff going on um a lot of changes happening a lot of contraction in in, in areas you know but we have expansion in others but the, the fact if you're just looking at it from a pure gamer standpoint a content standpoint yeah. We are living the best timeline right now. And even if no, not everything hits for you, chances are you have 10, 20 other things that are hitting for you or potentially could hit for you. That's how ridiculous. Again, back in the day, for those of you that don't remember, I know a lot of you do because we do have an older community here, but a lot of people don't know like what it was. Like if a big game didn't hit, you only had a shot at maybe a few other ones for the entire year to hit. Now it's like, oh, if that one didn't hit, I've got two, three this month that could for me, right? Like, this is this is nuts. So, um, what a way to start 2024. Had to talk about it just because of, again, I was expecting a good year to a great year to a goat year, but not Some to of start these games January, are hitting like, way better yes, than we way thought, above you know yes you're punching above their weight of what we thought it was going to be so what an incredible start to the year i hope you're all finding something to enjoy wherever it is i know i'm going to be on my pc more than i even was last year yeah. which is crazy to think about um i've got games like homeworld 3 um coming in march as well for pc rts space sci-fi game that i've been waiting on homeworld is huge on pc never comes to console i'm picking that up for pc like I, I just don't know how i'm gonna find the time man i just don't know but we're gonna figure it out um uh, but what a great start to 2024 um mav don't have whole much else i want to talk about we should mention Another big evolution that happened today, announcement today from Apple of all places. Yeah. Um, this is a big one. Um, again, even if you don't game on mobile, you guys understand the battles that have been going on uh, between Apple and Google and Microsoft is now going to enter the mobile market and try to create their own store. 
and all the things that are going on across the world, different regulatory bodies starting to crack down on that duopoly that is Apple, Google, when it comes to mobile. Um, Apple's been kind of forced at this point because of the regulatory bodies to start thinking ahead and start making changes now. Some people thought that this was going to be a um, EU only thing, but they actually announced it as a worldwide thing. So they, what I'm talking about is they're opening up their storefront to streaming cloud services math. So yes, excuse me. That means that xCloud, GeoForce Now will be available on Apple devices in their store with no special considerations. Yeah. Like they're going to be allowed to put that there. Big day for that map. That's a big move. Again, forced or not forced, Apple announcing it, that is the opening of certain things that Microsoft was looking for to get into the space. It means big things for the mobile industry, better competition, more opportunities for people to play where they want to play when they can play. So what do you think about that one, Matt? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, beforehand, I think you had to, on iOS, you would have to go to the website, yep. right, to be able to stream games. So now you're going to when, when they, I, I don't know how soon Microsoft gets it out there because I think they probably already didn't they already try and launch the app originally? And then yes. it kind of, yeah. So maybe they have it kind of in the back burner. They can just kind of update it and put it out again. I, I I don't know, but the, we'll see how long it takes them to get the game pass app. Uh, I know there's already like a game pass app on there, but it doesn't have all the same functionality as like the nope. Android one or whatever. Um, so uh, yeah, I'd be able to do X cloud, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, looking forward to trying it. Um, mm -hmm. it'll be a lot better than going to the website and probably a better functionality and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and GeForce Now as well yeah. will be a part of that. So I know there's a lot of people that love GeForce Now. There so is. That's awesome. A lot of people. See? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, interesting. That's what Xbox wanted. Yep. It's what, uh, a lot of a lot people, people wanted. wanted and we're going to see where that goes. I think it's just the, the start. Uh, over, yeah. overall the stores front and all that stuff is a bigger piece right um but the cloud aspect is 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 going to be a good start to that for sure it's a crack yeah. it's a crack in what was otherwise a pretty much solid suit of armor that that again protected apple um you know from people kind of getting into that space and so the cracks are now there and again you got a company like microsoft who wants a piece They've got the resources to force those cracks and, and start taking out actual uh, bricks out of the wall and completely yeah. tumbling the wall eventually because this ain't going to stop now. Um, so, again, I think it's a good day. Jasper also pointed out, and I should mention this, that uh, also Fortnite is coming back to iOS, but that is going to be EU only for right now. But, you know, that battle's been going on between Epic and Apple. Microsoft was involved in that on the Epic side, all that kind of stuff. Again, these cracks are forming because Apple sees the writing on the wall. These regulatory bodies are going to force it no matter yeah. what. And so they got to start just saying, okay, um, I guess we're going to do this. Um, but EU only. But the fact that Fortnite will be available on iOS is over there is a huge win for Epic to start. Yeah. So I, I expect to see more of that uh, opening up as well. Um, I have a, what I, else? I, yeah, I have yeah, a ahead. little question real quick for you. Yeah, shoot. Uh, and this kind of goes back to the Activision Blizzard stuff. But like on Micah Barra's like post to the Blizzard teams, he did announce that the net new president of Blizzard will be announced next week. That is true. I I forgot to mention that. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes. Who do yeah. you think 
that could be? Is somebody within Blizzard? Because I mean, like, a bar is out. So who are they? Like, it's it's just an interesting thing, you know. He's not. I don't think he's gonna say it's me. No. <laughs> so, no, it's a me. It's a Mikey God bar. I said last week. I will tell you who it is. It's me. It's yeah. me, Matt Booty. Yeah, it's me, Matt Booty. I'm taking yeah. over. Um, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. I mean, I'd love to say somebody like Ferguson or somebody, right? But Rod's a closer. Rod, I don't think is ever yeah. wants those type of leadership roles. He's a closer. I don't want to see Ferguson leave. Like if Ferguson announces in the next week that he's leaving too, oh my god, man, I'm gonna be sad. Uh, unless he's going back to coalition. Um, but um. I don't know, Matt, because this is, will they take somebody who is known to the teams within Activision Blizzard King, a familiar face, familiar language, familiar talking points, bump them up. I don't know who is right below Yabara. I don't know enough about Blizzard yeah. to say that, but I'd love to see, you know, if it's going to be internal or if Xbox flexes this acquisition if this is their moves, all of this is their moves, and they are reorging ABK for a very specific, again, booty and plot against all corporate speak. So it's very hard to know what's real and what's not real. They don't ever give you real reasons. They talk in generalities. But let's say that they have a vision for ABK. Let's say that they've looked at the pipeline. They've focused in on certain projects that they need to get done or they want to get done, and they have a, a plan for where this future is going, because again, we don't know what their, their roadmap for services looks like down, down. We can guess, you know, if they're going more third party, eventually all of that's going to come into play. So maybe they flex their acquisition and put somebody from Xbox in charge over there. Again, Sarah is locked in booty's locked in, but maybe there's somebody else that they've got in mind from the Xbox side of things that moves into that place to really cement, you know, that their, their vision within ABK um, so that there's no really questions um, back and forth about what's, what's happening. I, I'm fascinated as always about these moves. So I can't wait to see it. You got, you got any thoughts, Mav? Yeah. That one person that came to my mind and I don't yeah. know if this person was affected from the layoffs at all. So I'm yeah. assuming not was the yeah. guy that uh, was at the World of Warcraft part of the BlizzCon. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chris Metzen. Yep. Chris Metzen, the original creator of World of Warcraft, yeah. one of the founders. Yep. Um, maybe. Be a good fit. He's so entrenched in the rebuilding of World of Warcraft. Would yeah. he take a step back? Or well, is it he, would, it would that's help his baby. Him. That's it the reason would, why he's back. It would help yeah. him ensure yes, that's that true. World of Warcraft and, and maybe that was part of the reason why he did come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just a thought, you know, because yeah. he had just come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They got him off the couch. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe a bar is yeah. out. Metzen's in. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, again, that wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be like I'm back on here next week going, oh, God, that's on the left field. No. Yeah. It would make total sense. Right. Jim Ryan. Yeah, let's go. Let's bring Jim. You know, yeah. he Alvin says Sean Layden. Jim, you don't have to fly anymore. You just go. Layden's cashing those check, those Chinese checks. He ain't going anywhere. Don Matrick, you bring back Don. You know, Peter Moore, put him in. Oh yeah, Peter Give him Moore. Control of everything. Fantastic. Give him control of everything. Let's bro. get Seamus Blackley. Seamus. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's get the whole old crew back together again. Phil, Let's get them all. How about Phil Harris? For Matrick. What, what? No, Matrick and Phil can go do whatever they want to do. I Let's, don't want let's to go get Phil Harrison. 
<laughs> no. No. Come on. That's an awful you're afraid, idea, man. You're afraid he's going to destroy another company? Yes. No. Yes, he's a track, proven track record of failure. No, he'd be fine. Just put him in charge of World of Warcraft for Jez. How, oh, what, God. Man, God, you how imagine what you <laughs> Jez might quit. Jez <laughs> might quit with no central. I would just like <laughs> Jez's reaction. Bill uh, Harrison becomes puts in charge of uh, Blizzard just for Jez's reaction. I just gotta see his head explode uh, from pure anger. Oh, uh, it'd be amazing. No. Oh no. He he might go apply over at Sacred Symbols and try to get in with Colin yeah. at that point. He might say screw it. Uh, PlayStationCentral.com. Yep. <laughs> oh God, that would be awful, man. Um yeah, I I don't know, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be interested to see who it is. It is gonna be a, a turning point for sure. It's it's one of those because again, whoever is put in charge, even though they're underneath the Xbox, they are gonna control a lot, a lot of giant franchises. Yeah, they're gonna have a lot of responsibility on their plate to keep things moving forward, like Yabara had them going forward, despite the layoffs that we saw today. They're gonna have to keep that that train rolling along. And try to keep down the bumps um, as they kind of transition here. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a big it's going to be a big responsibility for whoever takes over. But we'll be talking about it. Don't worry about it. Whoever it is, we'll we'll deep dive it and talk about it and give our thoughts on it. Um, should say that um, layoffs also hit. Uh, People can fly this week as yeah. well. Map that was another one. Riot mm -hmm. was another one. Um, the uh, developers behind. Um, Oh, what is the name of that game, Mav? Uh, I've played Runer. Runer. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, Runer. Um, that studio also had layout. I, again, industry-wide, it's supposed to. Riot it's not going to stop. Riot. Yeah, yeah. Riot was a big one this week. Um, they canceled their um, eSports streaming um, that they were planning on doing, yeah. too, um, which was a huge move because they were supposed to challenge Twitch for another alternative, and they canceled that whole project, uh, I think, uh couple weeks ago maybe um so that was part of this the layoffs today but yeah this is going to continue through 2024 so again there's going to be a lot of good there's going to be a lot of bad again we just talked about a lot of the good that's kicked off the year um and we think gaming wise this year is going to be absolutely incredible again if this is if everything falls into place like it currently is my god I mean, we might be back here at the end of the year saying it's even better than 2023 like we speculated it could but there's also going to be a lot of bad this year. This isn't going to stop. The tech industry is going to continue to contract. There's going to be more and more layoffs everywhere. But that includes video games as well. Um, and again, most people are saying expect it into 2025, in fact. So um, buckle up um, again, because we're going to have a lot of that kind of news coming through. Hopefully, like you said, Mav, you know, Xbox is kind of done here, that this is the major shift that they had to make right at this moment after the acquisition. And now they're solid with where they're at. And we don't have any more of these um, down the pipeline that this is the one. And now they're set. Now they can kind of move forward as, as their vision dictates. Um, but again, in this industry, it's ever evolving. It's ever changing. Yeah. We don't know. We just don't know what's going to happen. So Man, what a great show, Matt. If you got anything else that you want to bring up at all, uh, Horizon Forbidden West Complete Edition is coming out March 21st. That was announced by PlayStation Today for PC. So, yeah. again, that's going to be on my list. I'm a Horizon fan. I'm going to eventually pick it up and play it on PC for sure. Um, but uh, that was announced for anybody that's been waiting on the PC version of that. It's pretty much all I got I need to talk about today, Mav, I think. 
I want to play really Tekken. Play some Tekken Eight. Yeah, I want to play some Tekken. Yeah, too. I want to play some Tekken, bro. Yeah, I want to play some Tekken. Let's go play some Tekken. Uh, listen, everybody. Episode one hundred and one of the PM in the PM Pong and Mav in the PM. Um, what an amazing. Uh, again, we didn't know what we we're going to be talking about today. Again, after the celebratory type atmosphere la- last week with uh, the developer direct and, uh, of course, episode 100. We did not expect to have what happened today happen. But again, Thursdays are like that. Thank you all for joining us and listening to us uh, kind of work through all of that and then also talk about what a fantastic start to 2024 from a gaming perspective it has been and looks to continue to be. Appreciate every single one of you for coming out here. Mav, so we're gonna go play some Tekken 8. I'm assuming we're gonna have Xbox Ultimate tomorrow night. What's coming up on your list? What's up on your docket? You can be streaming, you're gonna be doing Mavcast. You got anything in you? What, what what's going on? I am going to be playing Tekken 8, and then tomorrow we'll have Xbox Ultimate. That's probably really that's all I can count on right now. Nice. Yeah. Then the next week, obviously, the regular shows. Uh but we'll see if anything gets me riled up enough to do a Mavcast or if there's any kind of crazy <laughs> news out there or something to cover. Um, I think that Microsoft ultimately probably going to let this news settle for the through the weekend and everything. And then and then next week, hopefully, we have some kind of fun things to talk about again. But uh, Maybe we'll have an acquisition next, next week. Yeah. <laughs> God, that would not go over Sega. well right now. Sega next week. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. <laughs> Start that whole process that, again. That will not go over well right now. <laughs> let's um, go. I'd be I'm like, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah go, you and go. I would be having yeah, a great time. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> tomorrow. This community tomorrow. would be in fire. Announce it tomorrow or Friday. This, we have, this we, community we, we brought in, in like, let's say, like Sega has 1,900 employees exactly. Or something. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, man. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm gonna be playing Tekken Eight. Uh, not on stream tonight, though. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll play some uh, games on stream this weekend. Uh, maybe I need to do that again. So um, I'm gonna try and do that. But uh, until then, you have Xbox Ultimate tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern time, and then come check us out every uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, and back here on Thursdays for PM and the PM. But you, Pong. Listen, brother, I'm going to get through my Friday workday. Um, I'm going to hopefully get home early tomorrow, play some more Tekken 8 prior to Xbox Ultimate, just like you. Uh, might have to hop in a little bit of Diablo. We'll see how Tekken 8's going again. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, going to do that. So we got Xbox Ultimate tomorrow night. Obviously, you all know, get the family together. Obviously, the fam's going to have different perspectives. We'll have different uh, you know, voices talking about some of this stuff. Fuzzy's got a lot of opinions on some of this mm-hmm. stuff. He called, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll let you guys know, but he he called it uh, during the acquisition uh, part of this phase before it was finalized that he didn't think Yabara would stick around. So, uh, you know, again, he had his pulse on that one. Um, but uh, we're going to have a lot of good talk tomorrow night. We're going to have a lot of laughs. You know, that's going to happen. Uh, you never know what's going to come out of our mouths on a Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time. So got to be there. Xbox Ultimate tomorrow night, Saturday morning living split screen my brother from another steel rain and i live rod and uncut at 10 a.m eastern nine o'clock central time four plus hours buckle up it's going to be probably heavy pal world it's going to be heavy tekken eight it's going to be heavy looking ahead at what's coming out because we're going to be streaming next week when suicide squad drops 
Steele and I are going to figure out. We're going to stream together. We're going to be doing that. Mav might be a part of that. Who knows? But we got a lot of gaming coming up, and we got a lot of newer games to come up. So you're going to start hearing that talk this weekend. Of course, we're going to talk about the, the this other stuff going on and whatever happens tomorrow. Normally, Fridays are the bad news day, so God help us if they save something for tomorrow. Uh, but we will talk about all of it on Living Split Screen. Split Screen, all one word. Saturday morning, be there for that. And then, of course, Saturday night, the Shop Podcast, PTK Blam's channel. Community has been amazing over there on the shop. PTK is finally starting to see that growth. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you all. All of you. I see a lot of the same familiar faces show up for the shop podcast. You know what we do over there. Best way to end your Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time. PTK Blam, Fuzzy Belvedere, myself, and usually one or two guests. Nothing announced officially, uh, but uh, you always got to show up for the shop podcast. Again, we just have great, great conversations. Two hours flew by last week, didn't it, Matt? Yeah, two hours was so fast. gone. So fast, man. It was crazy. Uh, we had uh, we had Captain Logan on, we had Mav on, and we had Steel on. It was nuts, but two hours was done in a heartbeat last week. So join us there for the shop. Next week, it starts all over again. You know all good things green every Tuesday. Double Barrel Gaming is the channel. Mr. Boomstick is the man. And, of course, my brother Steel is now on panel. Join them there, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time every Tuesday. And then, of course, like Mav said, back next week for Thursday, episode 102, p.m. in the p.m., same bat channel, same bat time right here on the Fun Speculation Network. Listen, y'all, golden age of gaming is here. Yes, it's not all sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns all the time, but from gaming perspective, man, oh, man, it is lined up right now. Oh, boy, get ready, buckle up, play what you love, love what you play, have a great Friday, rest of your Friday, wherever you're at, and I hope your weekend's awesome, and I'll talk to you all real soon. Mav, get us out of here, brother. Peace out, everyone. Have a good night.